0: three movie podcast for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. My name is Tom Schick. I am here with Christian Murkowski.
1: You can just call me One Inch Man.
0: And with some taglines for the movie, we saw
2: Kelly Wan. Finally a movie where Vin Diesel's characters wouldn't. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that, but... <laughs> There's a joke in there, it's all right. You say it properly. We start all over JK. No, give give us another one. It's weird to make fun of someone's performance and then mangle the law lo- your delivery about it. Like, what an idiot his line readings were. Uh I it's like Guardians of the Galaxy said that correctly, but it's not funny. See the difference? <laughs> they all have to be there. Uh, it's like Green Lantern, but profitable. Oh. Oh, Ooh, too soon? Now, come on. What? That's supposed all to right. trick you, not knowing what I think. Huh, interesting. All right. And myself. Mm. Yeah. Right. I mean, because green, green Lantern isn't at the same premise, but there's more of Green Lanterns. You think I saw Green all- Lantern? You think that I've seen that? No, I thought we all saw the trailer and went, well, we're not going to do that movie. That's not even worth the opsis
0: Yeah, movie, I, like. I like the other movie about a magic ring, the one that has the, the hobbits in it. Yeah, that is a better <laughs> ring. Yeah. Uh, Kelly, Wand, is there a fourth tagline? No. For- no, just three. All right. I forgot really I didn't have any, and then I just slapped that shit together. No, those work. They would work on a poster. Uh, so, dingus, don't spoil anything, but tell the listeners a little bit about this movie. Just some of the basics. No spoilers, dingus. All right. Hmm.
2: Movie posters should have a bunch of taglines like that, and you can pick which one you like on the poster. Like it's just right. a, the whole poster's like tag. Like, yeah, which one works for you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Sorry, Dingus. I felt the need to elaborate. Great, I
1: appreciate that point
2: I was making. All
1: right. Well, this week we saw Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Point Two, a 2017 American action adventure sci-fi superhero Marvel Cinematic Universe sequel movie about when you about when you try to make another awesome mixtape. It was directed by James Gunn and written by him based on the Marvel Comics by Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning, with character credits awarded to eight other
0: writers, and you can all go look those up yourselves. Why do we have to keep mentioning – like what's the deal where these guys keep getting credits? I don't know, but uh, in this particular lineup of
1: credits, it really is Groot credited to so-and-so and and -and so-and-so. Someone character.
2: wrote Groot's lines
0: specifically. Like that's like the easiest. Job. Well, they, I don't think it's, these characters originally. Book. I don't think they began as a team. It was sort of, right. if I'm not mistaken, I think they were just like like bottom of the barrel heroes sc- scraped together, and it's like, well, they don't work individually, so let's lump them into a team and see if that. Feels. I'm. Rel- I find that relatable.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Kelly, stop. But,
1: um, but it's weird to see over the course of the time we've done this the way that IMDb now changes how many people it credits especially under the writing and it does credit like people who do the story as opposed to people who do the screenplay and then with right. these movies it, the char- individual characters are now getting credit or the creators of those characters supposedly whoever created them are getting store or getting credits within the writing
0: credits the WGA so, doesn't like that. They, they want – and this is so – I'm not yeah. joking. They, they want one credit on a – like you have to fight to, to divide up credit like that. Like the mm-hmm. WGA is just like, just give us one name. Uh, no, it's an ensemble like the
1: movie. We're right. like the Avengers. Right. Well, yeah. Well, as, the, as this type of universe expands, I mean I think you'll only be seeing that more and more. So anyway, eight other writers are accredited based on what character credits they came up with.
0: Well, tell uh, us the interesting part. Uh, who's in this? All right. This movie stars Michael Rooker,
1: <laughs> Palm Klementiev. Uh, 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 what? Huh? Palm Clementiev.
0: Dan Abnett. It's not Klementiev. It's Klementiev.
1: I don't know. It could be Klementiev. Darling, it looks like Klementiev. I, you I Just like me. the name Palm. Palm I a
2: got, got a bad case of that in Bangkok last year.
1: Where? Bangkok. <laughs> the aptly named city elizabeth debicki sean gunn kurt russell and the leads from the first movie
0: Uh, 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 whoa 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 dingus Dingus. whoa 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 yeah Uh, where's michelle Yeoh? i didn't hear michelle Yeoh's name in there
1: i didn't do cameos
0: that's not a cameo that's a significant part i didn't hear stan lee's name
1: who's that (laughs) <laughs> Kelly, he's got a lot of more he's got a lot more stories to tell. I just want you to know
2: Ah he does. He's a fucking pomegranate.
1: Pom Guardians of the Galaxy Vol Point two is rated PG thirteen for sequence of sci-fi action and violence, language, and brief suggestive content. <gasps> what? Yeah,
0: what? Was it the, the mural, the three D mural of Kurt Russell having sex? Maybe. Huh. All right. That's suggestive of something. It did. It did suggest things. Yeah. Yep. But he's a god, so every time you go into a cathedral and you look well, at Kelly, one now you're spoiling. Yeah, things. that's with a little G. Come on, uh, Kelly, Wand, Is there well, anything that the MPAA should have added to those the, those little warnings for parents? I was a little bit troubled
2: to see this in a pg-13 movie sisters of different skin colors missing each other with lasers <laughs> <laughs> like i'm just glad i didn't have any kids near me so i had to watch them be traumatized by stuff like that because i mean
0: you know you're gonna have I'm questions saying, and you're PG-13. gonna have to explain certain things yeah maybe
2: before you're ready
0: yeah that's not my place do you really want to learn about that stuff from me Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy Volume Two had a huge jump from the opening weekend of the first movie, which had a ninety-four million dollar opening. Uh, this one opened with one hundred forty-five million dollars, which, damn, was as expected. Uh, they knew this was going to be a big deal. The Guardians of the Galaxy weren't; it was an unknown quantity back when the first one came out, and it proved itself. So naturally, of course, this one's doing better. Well.
3: Known quantity. It's
0: known quantity. Mm. Uh, idiots are into it. They went to CinemaScore. They gave it an A. They give everything an A, though. I mean, that's the Mm. default grade. Trump, A. (laughs) Especially these Marvel movies. They all get an A. Um, Guess what? uh, This was interesting. uh, Brad Brevet on Box Office Mojo brought this up. Guess what the lowest rated Marvel movie is? Ghost Rider? Oh, well, I'm thinking more of the more recent cinematic universe Marvel things. It's by one of the idiots? major releases. Yeah, by idiots. They only gave it a B plus. They're like, uh, okay, yeah, sure. Age of Ultron, Deadpool. Yeah, they loved. They loved it. The, the first, yeah, they loved Deadpool. Yeah,
1: idiots love Deadpool. The first Deadpool.
0: Yeah, the first Thor. They were like, yeah, B plus. Yeah. yeah, wait, they like the second one though. Yeah, to all me, these, the all the Marvel movies straight up they maybe get an A minus but they give them all A's. Idiots are totally on board with this. They don't get they don't board. get an A plus. That's reserved for things like The Help or Titanic or The Blind Side. Those <laughs> are all plus movies. a uh, A's A-plus, or plus The Help. Yeah. They love uh, it. Critics gave this uh, – the first movie got a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. 91% of the reviews are positive. This movie only had 82% of the reviews being
3: positive.
0: Mm. Mm. The first movie was at 76 on Metacritic. This movie plummeted nine points to 67 Oh, harsh. Yeah, yeah. It's so like but,
2: they transposed the digits.
0: Yeah, there you go. I'm sure that was part of the plan. That's what, how idiots think. They're always trans. just have nothing to do with Metacritic. Well, it's a different kind Uh-oh. of idiot. They're, they're well read, uh, uh, articulate <laughs> idiots on Metacritic. I've graduated. Right. <laughs> uh, so, Kelly Wan, before we get into some specifics here, why don't you just go ahead and spoil the plot? It's going <laughs> to happen specifics. later. Ruin everything that happens for the listeners by giving them a synopsis of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. How can I ruin this movie by typing things? Oh, I know. Wait, what'd you say? (laughs) I I guess here's where you're going to ask me to guess what it's called. So I will guess it's the Galopsis Gardopsis Tuvopsis. (laughs) Oddly close.
2: (laughs) Guardiops of the Giplopsis Voploopsis (laughs) Tuopsis.
1: Three letters. It sounds like a Willy Wonka song.
2: Idiots will give that title in. A minus. Warning, all superheroes mentioned in the Stan Lee joke are actual superheroes in the Marvel canon described accurately. The Marvel logo turns into some comic book pages that a nerd's reading excitedly. He gets stepped into a locker by a sneering jock who then grows up to be Sylvester Stallone. Stallone walks into his agent's office and plops a Rambo 5 script on his desk his agent steeples his fingers, snaps them, sets fire to it, drops it into the trash can, and hands him the Guardians volume 2 script. <laughs> Stallone looks at it. He's all, U <laughs> He thumps through it spiritedly. Then he's all, how many lines do I have? <laughs> we cut to Kurt Russell's CG, which means it's the 70s. He's driving with Chris Pratt's mom in a red car around some woods while some licensed music plays on the car radio, but at soundtrack volume. She's all, wait, so my character's name is Mrs. Lord? He's all, who said anything about marriage? Absolutely not. I'm an alien, by the way. A Starman, if you will. Fucking carpenter. Bridges looks more intergalactic than you. His CG look dumb, CG and Tron. Look at this. He points at his CG face with a liver-spotted 70-year-old index finger. She's all, oh, you. Wait, you're an alien? He laughs and turns up the music to the same volume. Then drives into a picnic <laughs> basket and parks. As she sits down, opens the basket, and starts to eat, he's all, "Food, never mind that now. Come here, I want to show you something even awesomer." He drags her to an open pit and points down at some CG pods in it, glimmering dully. He's all, "Don't worry, I dump these all over the universe because I'm a god." She's all, "This is the most romantic moment of my life. Let's conceive a child in this pit." We cut to the Guardians of the Galaxy fighting some CG tentacles off-screen while Baby Tree Vin Diesel CG dances to the soundtrack.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> and tries to eat bugs suddenly they all run out of credits and song Drax is all hey guys look what I can do he screams triumphantly whips out a couple crooked drumsticks and jumps into the monster's mouth and gets eaten green Zoe Saldan is all boy in the first movie Drax got us all captured now this who knew guarding a galaxy was this complicated Chris Pratt's all, yeah, something witty. Rocket Raccoon's all, quick, while the tentacles are still off screen. I got an idea, but it's kind of unorthodox and involves us working together. The tentacle beast explodes. Drax walks on screen, brushing CG onto himself. He's all,
3: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I
2: guess my ineffectual wooden knives stabbing its esophagus caused a chain reaction. Hey, how come its throat was dry inside? And what was I standing on while I stabbed it? Everybody laughs affectionately at his knives. Wednesday, get into the spaceship, which I guess is its name. As Drax walks on board, he falls Ah. Ha, ha,
3: ha. <laughs>
2: Always stealing scenes. <laughs> we had a spaceship. Why didn't we just use its guns on the Teta? The door slams shut, <laughs> although we can still hear him later. <laughs> a yellow woman on a planet made out of gold spray paint nods yellowly at the guardians from her throne CG. She's all. Thank you, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, for killing the tentacle beast that has occasionally irritated Planet Yellow. In fact, we're not even in your galaxy, so thanks for coming for Gary today. As a token of our esteem, here's a gold coin, or as we call them, pennies. Rocket winks at it with both eyes and goes, You're a stupid bitch, and this planet's not yellow enough. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> so- Incorrigible.
2: He snickers at Chris Pratt. Then he's all, fuck, I'm winking wrong again, huh? And talking out loud, still. By the way, I also stole these batteries from the Queen's vibrator, CG. (laughs) (laughs) He opens a bag full of yellow Christmas tree lights and shows it to the Queen. Then he's all, I mean, uh," he walks over to Pratt and closes the bag. Then he opens his eyes. Then he's all, wait. (laughs) Chris Pratt's all, hey, Queen, let me know if you want to have sex with me. Won't be the first time I painted it. (laughs) Drax is all,
3: ah, ha, 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 ha.
2: <laughs> <laughs> one woman in this is yellow, and another one's green.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> A man at arms is all, Damn your impetitence. He steps forward and trips over something. The queen's all, Scott, that's enough. Guardians, you're dismissed. And as for you, Chris Pratt, she blushes, which turns her face orange. Beside me, Trump's all, nice. <laughs> Jeez, really? See, look at you impress everyone to the highest vaults of power. Come meme. Hmm. Dead silence. The guardians get in their ship and eventually manage to point the ship away from Planet Yellow. Chris Pratt's all, hey look Zoe, uh, I was just kidding about having sex with the Queen without you being there also. <laughs> She's all, I don't care. By the way, my sister's handcuffed to this luggage rack over here by her detachable hand. The sister, who's blue, but I think unrelated to Mike- Michael Rooker, spits at her and goes, sister rack bionic! Ugh. Yeah baby Groot's all, that wasn't your choice
3: to make. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why
2: I was worried about this. Suddenly, a naval armada of the Yellow People shows up right behind them and fires one small laser at Chris Pratt's ship. Where do you get this shit? Never mind. Over the PA system, the Queensall. all... Did you idiots really think that after all those sparks flying between me and Drax that I wouldn't seek out my vibrator within minutes of your departure? Open fire! Drax is all... Ah, (laughs) I have famously large turds! Chris Pratt and Rocket Raccoon are all simultaneously. Don't worry, we're right next to a 3D CG field. And I'm the greatest raccoon in the Marvel Universe's worst galaxy. Hey, stop talking while I'm talking. No, you stop. Okay. Hey, forget it. How is it possible we're still saying all this at the same time? Torpedo, bean, schlapazel, Kwanzaa. On the Yellow Queen ship, all the pilot's TV monitors suddenly blink out. One guy looks at the Queen and goes, Oh yeah, raccoon stole the batteries. One screen's still lit. A blonde girl's all, look, it's yellow Gary number four! Get him, Gary! (laughs) They all stand around Gary's monitor and cheer his monitor while his drone jaces Chris Pratt through space CG. (laughs) On the Guardian ship, Rocket Raccoon's all, I just shot off our own cannons! (laughs) (laughs) So we Sal all. all, I guess I'm the only competent character, just like in Star Trek. (laughs) And Josie and the Pussycats. (laughs) Drax is all. Ah! Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> this movie's tones all over the map! <laughs> <laughs> On the yellow queen ship, a fat yellow kid's all. Hey, look, the CG wasn't plugged in. He sticks a wire in a socket. All the monitors suddenly flicker back to life. Their ships wake up and start furiously shooting at the guardian ship again, but not hitting it. The blonde faced girls are all. Way to go, Gary! They pat his eyes and kiss each other. Uh, The Guardianship, a button on the dashboard labeled CG, starts blinking red. Rocket Raccoon's all, Shit, one more hit and we're dead. I just forgot how to pilot. Baby Groot squeaks, That wasn't your choice to make. (laughs) Drax is all, "Uh, (laughs) I'm high! Wait, what? What? He's high. (laughs) He just got high before he wasn't. That Now he's excited. Chris Pratt turns to Zoe's Saldana, and goes, hey, listen, that whole Norman Cliff thing, unspoken between us. Uh... Wait, I wasn't on Earth when Cheers was on. Suddenly an off-screen ship blows up all the yellow people's ships. The blonde-nippled girls scowl. Way to go, Gary. Gary sighs at his joystick. A yellow Indian throws yellow garbage on his foot. <laughs> Remember Dingus? Favorite. <laughs> we're the guardianship, the intercom's all. Attention, I'm actor Kurt Russell. I'm playing a god in this movie, I was told. You know what I say when it's Miller time. I'm also <laughs> this, this character's father. Since I'm a god, I have room for everybody on board my ship, except for the two foot high raccoon, the two inch high tree CG, and the blue lady you all want dead. So maybe those three can just park on that forest world down there and hang out until the plot calls for it. <laughs> 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 After some initial confusion, everyone gets on the right ships. Onboard Kurt Russell's <laughs> ship. A cockroach girl with Asian antennae nods at them. She's like, I am Kurt Russell's pet insect, Asian. My superpower is detecting character motivations by closing my eyes and saying things. Drax looks at her. He's all, <laughs> an Asian woman? And vomits. Chris Pratt's all. Hi, I'm Star Lord's. My superpower is being witty, except in this one. Uh, Kurt Russell (laughs) in the car once. The Bug Girl touches his nostril, shuts her ears, and goes. I sense that you and most people want to sleep with Zoe Saldana's character, or with most people. Drax is all. "Ah." (laughs) His name is Groot celebrate, Kurt Russell says dialogue, then accompanies them in the bubble from the James Franco Oz movie through some waterfalls. <laughs> While the music agrees, Chris Pratt's all, whoa, it's like I'm looking at green screen that'll later have waterfalls painted on it. <laughs> Zoe Saldana's all, you're looking at my face. It's colored green. I see using CG, actually. It's weird. Kurt Russell gestures vaguely and goes, yeah, I made all this CG just by thinking about it. And then by trying to describe it via email to uh, animators in Oakland. Meanwhile, on an ice planet, Michael Rooker and Blueface walks around while a bunch of ratty guys in park is boo him. One's all. You were too sympathetic in the first movie. Boo! (laughs) Michael Rooker is all. Well, we have a saying on whatever planet I'm from. Mr. Slode in Judge Dredd costume walks
3: on
2: <laughs> That's the one where Cersei's really a dick, by the way. He's
3: all. Bloom <laughs>
2: That's what the script said, too. A guy with the beard runs up and goes, Guys, a raccoon's parked in a forest nowhere near here. Everyone gets excited. The crowd makes Michael Rooker fly them to some trees. They tiptoe toward the
3: ship.
2: <laughs> he doesn't even want to do it. Michael Rooker listens to the sound of Rocket Raccoon and the blue woman listening to the soundtrack. Then goes, Okay, listen up. Connor, whatever you do, don't step on anything. Bright and silver. The guy with beards for eyes is off. Got it. Takes a step and explodes. The bounty hunters keep stepping on PG thirteen bombs that launch them up into the sky and back down till the audience loses interest. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, Zoe Saldana's blue sister tricks Rocket Raccoon by not being handcuffed. She draws her gun and goes, "Bearded extras, you've been ruled by a blue man long enough." Connor's all, the total stranger's right. Let's give her a ship and throw everyone except the raccoon and Michael Rooker, the two characters we're actually mad at, into space. been <laughs> taking <that> together.
3: Uh-uh.
2: <laughs> Beside me, Jaden cheers, then takes a selfie of himself, texting himself. Meanwhile, on planet Rust, Zoe Saldana's all, Pratt, I know this sounds unprecedented for the genre, but I think the hero's dad in this is evil. I just heard the bug lady whisper to Drax, hey, Kurt Russell's evil, by the way. Then Kurt Russell came in snickering and said, it's true. Then she went, I mean nothing. Then Kurt Russell went, I'm evil, by the way, and going to kill all of you by tricking Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt's all, see, the bug girl says it's nothing. So he damn the Zaldana. <laughs> <laughs> then Drax laughed and said something idiotic. Chris Pratt's all, okay, now you're just making shit up. Look, for the first time in my life, I have a parent who's not dying. She's all I thought I was your cheers character. You are, but my Carla. Kurt Russell, he's well, don't take it strong. She loses interest and walks outside, where she finds the piece of resistance of Kurt Russell's planet, some bare lands of sand. Oh, I had to make that part. This amazing set. Suddenly her sister shows up in a spaceship and starts shooting lasers at her, but Zoe Saldana tricks the lasers by running in a line. <laughs> Then she tricks the spaceship barreling across the sand towards her at 1,000 light years per second by also running. As the ship crashes, Tom leans over to me and goes, Note the lift. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Science. She and the sister roll around fighting each other in a cave and take turns losing interest. Finally, the sister's about to stab her then drops her knife and goes, I give up. Speaking of which, I guess it's the time didn't care. Dad kept replacing my body parts with machinery every time I lost to you. Couldn't you've taken a dive just once? You have no idea what I have to go through just to pee. Zoe Saldana shrugs. The sister's all, I'm no longer mad at you. Meanwhile,
3: the bearded pirate...
2: (laughs) The bearded pirate characters throw half their number out into space, but apparently at random, since they miss at least one guy who's loyal to Rooker. The main guy's about to throw Rocket Raccoon out, too, then goes, By the way, my name's Taserface. Rocket Raccoon laughs at him in front of all of his guys, so Taserface has no choice but to not kill him after all. (laughs) To celebrate, Taserface and his friends pour CG on baby Groot, then all fall asleep simultaneously in a same bed cuddle party. Groot walks over to Rooker and Rocket Raccoon's inexplicably unguarded cell. Michael Rooker's all, "It's like being in a rocket chair full of cats! Rocket Raccoon's all, Baby Vin, listen, we need you to steal a red thing from a bedstand dresser. Groot scratches his head, CG, snaps his fingers, disappears, then comes back with the key to their cell. <laughs> Rocket Raccoon slaps his forehead, CG, in disgust. He's all, does that look red to you? Try again. Groot disappears, then comes back, this time reaching behind his back to produce Rocket Raccoon. Rocket Raccoon sighs miserably and slaps his forehead again. While Michael Rooker lets himself out of the cell, which was unlocked the whole time anyway. What a disaster. Back on Planet Russell's character, Kurt Russell comes into a third act room, nods at Chris Pratt, turns Pratt's eyeballs black for a bit, then goes, By the way, I killed your mom. I forget why. Maybe this is a dumb time to mention it. Chris Pratt's all, What the? That character was my mom? He draws his gun and shoots pieces off Kurt Russell till it doesn't do anything. <laughs> Kurt Russell turns into CG and goes, Chris, please. I'm a god, okay? You can't kill me. This is my planet. I know everything that's happening. Every Zoe Saldana crashes a spaceship through the window and parks it on top of him. She comes out, looks at Pratt, and goes, Oh, we didn't run you over, too? Shit. I mean, oof, close one. Uh, the ship just blew up in a cave a few minutes ago, by the way. I fixed it. Isn't this from the comics? Her sister comes out and goes. I'm still in the movie. My motivation's unclear. Chris Pratt's all. Which of you's the one I'm into? Because I'll take anything. The Bug Girl walks on screen, closes Pratt's eyes, touches the ship, and goes. I sense a spaceship crashed here at least two weeks ago. <laughs> Drax walks on screen and goes. Ah! <laughs>
3: Martha! Uh-
2: fucking Snyder! <laughs> he just saw it. Different universe. He notices the Asian girls there and throws up again. Then he's all, You remind me of my ex wife.
1: She also worked for Kurt Russell.
2: Suddenly, Kurt Russell turns into a giant head and starts attacking them by talking loudly. <laughs> Because of this, on Earth and various planets, featureless goo CG starts chasing people. <laughs> the car honks angrily and has to drive around. <laughs> PG13 intense. Back on the bearded dick ship, Rocket Raccoon and Michael Rooker get nowhere with Baby Groot, but are bailed out by the redneck with weird eyes. Then trick the bearded pirates by killing them with Rooker's CG whistle arrow and Rocket Raccoon's PG13 launcher.
3: <laughs> they show up on planet Russell. <laughs>
2: We show up on Planet Russell and scramble around while Kurt Russell's Zarda's head rambles at everybody. Rocket Raccoon's all, I don't know anything about Kurt Russell or his planet here, but this bag of batteries I stole from the P-Empire should be just enough to blow it up and harden all the goo chasing some cars on some planets we haven't seen. (laughs) Now let's see, which of us is the best choice to handle going unsupervised with all this into the planet's core and hitting the right red button on this detonator? instead of this other identically sized and colored button I just installed right next to it that doesn't do anything except kill us. He looks at the bug lady thoughtfully. Drax is all, You people aren't my friends! You're my family! (laughs) Baby Groot looks at him enviously. Suddenly... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm glad people got that. Suddenly, the yellow lady and her friend show up at a thousand spaceships and start furiously shooting at nothing. Down on the planet, Rocket tries to teach Groot English by showing him the box with red buttons. Rocket Raccoon's all... He's still doing it, you see. Okay, listen. Now, one of these buttons blows up the whole planet. Jesus, I feel like Pence. Drax comes over with... (laughs) Two truck jokes paropsists par just to just to keep us sane. Drax comes over with a chicken bone and goes Ah ha, ha, ha! Now my stomach feels too full
3: Where's the agent girl?
2: <laughs> Meanwhile, Chris Pratt tries to trick Kurt Russell by standing on a rock in the middle of the planet's core and looking bewildered. Root walks up without the box, so they assume it's properly placed, and that he hit a button and that it was the right one. So they finish off Russell by flying away. As they go, Zoe Saldana's all, wait, we're forgetting something. Pratt! Rocket Raccoon shoots her.
3: He's all, I already (laughs) lost
2: one friend today when I shot you just now. Unlike the audience, Kurt Russell's head explodes. As rocks fall, Chris Pratt, he's all, oh well, at least I don't have to make any more of these. Suddenly, Michael Rooker shows up. Grabs him, forces some space CG space CG. That's not even what to say. I'm just dumb. Onto his face and flies him into outer space. As Michael Rooker freezes to death, he's all, "Chris, all those times I told you I was gonna eat you, what I was really saying was I love you." <laughs> <laughs> On the yellow lady ship, she's all, well, Gary, fire! He looks back at her glumly. We can't, your highness. I'm afraid we're off screen. On the Guardian ship, Zoe Saldana hugs her sister and goes, I don't even care that you killed Han. Sylvester Stallone walks on screen. And goes, <laughs> Everyone smiles affectionately at their paychecks. Some words are all, the Guardians will return. These movies are going to go on forever. After some words tell me who trained the stunt raccoons to operate grenade launchers CG, the yellow lady walks into her throne room and goes, what the fuck's this? We see she's looking at some yellow CG. (laughs) Female friends all, we call it Adam. The nerds around me all murmur excitedly and begin disrobing. (laughs) <laughs> After some more words tell me which computer model created Michael Rooker's whistling noises, we cut to an asteroid where the watcher yawns and loses interest in Stan Lee. Stan Lee's all, where you going? I got plenty more franchises we can do movies on. Uh, Blue Streak, he wears roller skates. Man Ape, he's black, but don't worry, he worships a white gorilla. Uh, Pace Pop Pete, he, he's a chemist like Walter White, although some asshole nerds insist on calling him the trapster. Ugh. Dr. Bong. uh, He doesn't actually have any powers. Uh, Litterbug. uh, He has a special mutation that makes it hard for him to say dialogue. Uh, Squirrel Girl. Enough said. Uh, Oh, and the Human Torch's nemesis, Asbestos Lady. She dies of cancer. He sighs and laughs. As opposed to Taserface and James Gunn. What is this,
3: DC? The end.
0: (laughs) Kelly, I'm so happy to add to your your repertoire of of impressions uh, some excellent Rooker and Bautista.
3: Ah! (laughs) Rooker's dead!
1: I can't can't believe every time you did that I I laughed just as much.
2: It hurts. It hurts to do him. So maybe that's funny, too, because it's funny to watch people suffer. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, Kelly Wand, uh it's Dingus' is 3x3 today. I'm introducing next week. So since you have nothing to do during the 3x3, why don't you start us out by telling us what you thought of this movie? What's a movie that's better and a movie that's not as good as Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2? <sighs> My over was Guardians
2: 1, um, mm. which I thought was more exciting to me. Cause, and it was an unknown quantity, and that sort of added to the excitement. Is like, is this going to suck? Oh, wait, It's fun! And the and the characters are all super fun in it. It's just really fast-paced. And it's really weird. And there's just a lot of weird... Everything about it's weird. Like, fucking John C. Riley's in it, saying the name of the movie. And Glenn Close. And this one's more um y But I still think it's better than Age of Ultron, so that's my under... Okay. I think it's funnier and more fun than Age of Ultron. And, right. uh I can't tell if I... I don't know if I... I could be very easily swayed into what I think about this movie, because when I saw the first one, I saw it when I was like with just a bunch of video game studio. It was when I was working at Carbine, and it was just surrounded by nerds who were like, it was just killing, and they got every joke, and they could help sort of fill in my gaps. And so it was this kind of more memorable video experience.
0: And well, then, when we did the podcast, you were kind of the naysayer for the first yeah. – uh, No, I wasn't. I love the movie. Oh, uh, you were <laughs> the – you were no. Me what? and Dingus were just what over the I moon say? with it. Oh, you were like, man, I don't like it. It's no good. No. Well <laughs> – You knows. weren't that bad. I just remember you, you were far more reserved than Dingus and I were. That's weird because I, when I think
2: about it, I only, I only think fondly, and I don't maybe like right after well, I saw. Am, it, I,
0: was am it. I misremembering? Isn't that right, Dingus? Like he was a little more down on it than we were. wasn't I or? think so. Yeah. Okay. Well, my opinions change all the time. Oh, no, sure, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah.
1: But he also but hated remember. the he, the Avengers. So maybe you're thinking.
2: I stand by that one. I think. Avengers oh, you know, maybe are, I am just thinking of that. Wait, that's what it is. I think, because yeah, I'm the only, I'm the only person who doesn't like the Avengers.
0: Okay, so. you know what? That's probably what I'm thinking of. All right, okay. But, but I do like Hulk parts. The web- but also too, unless, uh, like I like the Hulk jokes in the Avengers
2: movie. Oh, but except for that, I think none of the characters are good okay. or as good. I don't know.
0: But you know, the I, last- I'm vying for uh, for perfect. Like I, I think it's a nearly perfect movie. It, it's eligible for perfect status, The Avengers. You know. I don't like it when Banner goes, I'm always angry. And then what are you talking out. about? Oh, that's a great moment. No, that's not how the Hulk works.
3: It's he's an, an old, iconic moment. he's does
0: angry. Oh, you, nobody cares how the Hulk works in the comic books. This is how he is now, Kelly Wan. Uh, what's that line made then? He's not angry even in the movie. Yeah, he is. The whole point is he's always having to suppress this this thing inside of him. Yeah, that all he has to do is just, just sort of let loose. That it, It's always there. It's always part of him. That's not how I get – that's not what I get from Mark Ruffalo's performance. Like
2: he's not
0: someone who's angry. You know what? Go back and – well, okay. Hold that thought. Dingus, what did you think of this movie? What's something that's better than this and something that's not quite as good?
1: All right. uh, What I chose were movies that lived down to my expectations. Um, So uh, movies I was kind of expecting wouldn't be good. secretly hoped they would be good. But they weren't, um, and so my under would be uh, a movie called The Phantom Menace. <laughs>
0: uh, Yikes! Wait, that's your under. Just to be clear. That's my under.
1: That's my under all right,
0: Ke- Kelly, one yeah. we might we might get a Matrix up in here.
1: Um, <laughs> which well, one? no, actually, my over would be a movie called Man of Steel, um, which I actually liked. Uh, I liked more than you guys did. That's not
2: a sequel, though.
1: Yeah, I didn't choose sequels necessarily. All right,
2: all right. I thought it was living down expectations. I thought you meant.
1: Like, no, no. Okay. I just I, movies that I hoped would be. I
3: guess it is a secret. Uh,
1: that, that I thought were. This is probably going to be bad, but maybe it'll be good. Uh, but it, you know, Man of Steel pretty much hit where I thought it was going to hit, and some of that is due to the fact that I thought Michael Shannon was so good in it. Uh, but I like him in just about everything. Um, boy, I have a really hard time uh, with this movie because while I had uh, some fun times watching it because I was sitting there with my son watching it. Um and I was really straining to like it. Boy, I really don't like it. Um wow. after after uh after writing about it and thinking about it. Um there there are so many things and then after watching the uh the original movie, um part of it last night and part of it this morning while I was writing, um it's really surprising to me the number of things that it just doesn't get. Doesn't that that it doesn't get and it's the same people making it. Um, that it doesn't get that we're so um, intriguing about the first movie and so surprising and uh, I'm willing to allow that maybe part of it is that the first movie was so surprising and I did not expect to like it and I absolutely was head over heels for it Uh, and still am I've seen it many many times and maybe I'll grow to like this movie Um, it's hard not to like it because you know my kid really likes it uh, and it was a good experience watching it with him as I said before but boy I, I don't, I don't like this movie. <laughs> I feel I'm disappointed in not liking, it, and I'm disappointed in myself that I don't like it. You didn't um, like it at all because
2: I just thought it wasn't as good for the reasons you said as the first one. But I think there's some good jokes. But it seems like just, the characters are all kind of confined in this, and in the first one, it, I didn't have that feeling. Like it's, I think there's more. I think it's, Pratt's dialed it's, down too much.
1: I think it's limp. Uh, or not ripe, as the joke, as the terrible joke in the movie says. Um, I don't, I don't think it understands. Well, well, we'll get into the details of that. You, the head, Tom.
0: Uh, so it's too long. I don't think it has any good action sequences. The drama is forced. Uh, the music is some of the worst, most intrusive, ungodly, offensively, blatantly super obvious music I have ever heard. This could have been... I I, I think Clint Eastwood scored this movie. Uh, And uh, however, man, I really liked it. uh, Because Even though it has these problems, and and these problems smack to me of studio notes. Like this feels like James Gunn had this great property that they weren't really concerned about it. They were like, yeah, we got this James Gunn guy. He's got a trauma background. But you know what? He wrote a Scooby-Doo movie for us. This kid can – you know, he can follow the rules. We'll just give him this movie, see what he can do. He does something great, and now they're all over him. So I'm imagining he's getting studio notes right and left. They don't want to cut anything, and I I can think of plenty of things that should have been cut from this. It's like Iron Uh, Man
3: 2 compared
0: to the The action sequences are all just CG, and it's all confused and colorful, and it's like clown vomit, confetti, colorfulness. Uh, All the character motivations are just all over the map. Um, But here's here's why I liked it is I love this cast, uh, despite the fact that it's just got studio notes stuck all over it. The kernel of what James Gunn can do, which is have this great irreverent bickering amongst these distinct characters, uh, I think it's, it's intact here. Uh, I, for the fact that I didn't really – I wasn't really into any of the action sequences, I just wanted – I loved listening to these characters talk to each other. And uh, even when it would slow down and do exposition for a little bit, I was like, OK, I know they are going to be funny bits. And you know, I get that awesome bit with the tape. Like I loved the tape joke. The tape joke is. I can see people thinking that doesn't work, that it's dumb, that you know, commit to the action or do the jokes or whatever. I loved the tape joke, um, so I I was really won over by this. And and what I did for my over under, it's super heavy handed with this, but I'm okay with that because you know, it's a comic book. This is obviously a movie <laughs> about uh, being conflicted about fathers you know or our fathers good guys or they bad guys is your stepfather your dad or is your dad your dad or you know if you're adopted who's your dad like it's it's all about this this confusion and, and this conflict that people might feel about their fathers so my over and under also movies i really like my over is willy wonka because i think that <laughs> willy wonka is ultimately about how freaky like like you know the the little boy in that uh, uh, charlie he doesn't have a dad right and so willy yeah, he wonka, does. oh i thought his grandfather has to take him to the the factory is his dad. No, he just likes the grandpa more. But there's a. Oh, that's even worse.
1: No, not in the movie. There's no dad in the really?
0: movie. Okay, in the book, he has a dad. Oh, well, yeah, I, don't he, I don't know the I book. I don't know the book. I think
1: Tom is talking he, about a movie Kelly. one.
0: Yeah, so I, you might be right about the source material, but I, from what I got from the movie is that it is a, it's, a, it's about a, a fatherless boy who encounters this father figure who alternately terrifies and fascinates him. And by the time it's over, you know it, there's some ambiguity about who is this guy and what. So I, I think that Willy Wonka is this quintessential movie about just the the mystery and the ineffability of a father, and it's almost a religious thing. There's a reason we call God the Father. Uh, so Willy Wonka, I think, is above this. Uh, below this, uh, which again, in a movie I really like. Uh, I like October Sky a lot. It's an early Jake Gyllenhaal movie where Chris Cooper plays his dad, and Chris Cooper is a coal miner, and Jake Gyllenhaal he wants to be a rocket scientist, and this is based on a biography of a guy who actually was a rocket scientist for NASA, Uh, and it's this cool complex relationship between a a father and a son, and it doesn't make the father evil; it just makes them have a hard time understanding each other, and eventually they come to a reconciliation. Homer Hickam. I think, dedicated the movie to his father. So I, I think this is above that because uh, it's a little more overt. It's certainly going for more of a fun, adventurous thing. But all three of these movies I really liked. Uh, and even though super problematic, I was just completely won over by this. I, Dave Bautista, I could just yeah. – that guy's – he was just so infectious. Even Chris Pratt, they gave him so little to do, but like his early thing about, oh, I thought guns were my thing. You know, there's just – Chris Pratt is just so – watchable um Dave Bautista
2: I, is what Vin Diesel wishes he was
0: I know exactly Kelly Wand I mean Dave he's Bautista a cool, dumb, yeah exactly he's a big muscly steroided up dude who's got incredible charm it yeah. just oozes off of the guy um yeah. so me, to get Jamie Gunn writing for these guys just that's fine for me I I was totally into it so Did you call
1: him Jamie Gunn just then James Gunn excuse me Jamie Gunn yeah. is the, the serial killer, right? <laughs> yeah, James Gum. Unless Gumm's you guys like are Nick on Vaffers. on first name basis or something.
0: <laughs> well, I, I like. I'm also like Sean is the brother. James is yeah. Like one of them is the actor. One of them is the director writer. Yeah. Uh, there's a whole clan of them. In that there's two of them. So. They're like Hanson. Exactly. <laughs> um. Did Kieran like it, Dingus?
1: Yeah, he liked it. Okay. He liked it a lot. We talked about it at length. Um, there were things that he was disappointed about it. Um, one of the things we love about the mm-hmm. first movie and Tom referenced this in his lead up to saying he loves it, even though it's a terrible thing about the movie. Uh, we love the, uh, the soundtrack to the first one. There's so many songs on there that just really work for us. Uh, that there's cause I introduce, you know, the songs I love and I've been doing this for years, uh, to my son and, um, that, you know, Peter Quill's mother had done that for his life was really kind of a touchstone for both of us um, and there's a couple of there's a few really great songs on that first soundtrack the whole soundtrack's really good in the first movie these I don't get any of them I don't, I don't get like you know we were talking my son and I were talking about that opening sequence with baby Groot you know dancing in the foreground while all the fightings going on behind them, which, which I thought was was sort of clever uh, but I can't for the life of me tell you what song was playing. Um, yeah i can 't remember i kn- i know it i can 't remember the song even though my mom sitting next to me was singing it and uh kiernan 's <laughs> mother on the other side of kiernan was singing it during the um the whistle arrow the killing sequence the he 's a big strong man Juan song i can't I can't I can't get that into my head The only thing I can hear is brandy which I think is a horrible song, <laughs> um, and I well, that,
0: that's why I kind of liked that we had the bad guy extolling its virtues.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I, another... I, I think Tom's right about that whole father thing, though. But anyway, what were you going to say, Tom?
0: Well, that yeah. that's that's a you know there were. There were, uh, and they used it twice. Uh, that Fleetwood Max the, the chain, where they played it at very significant moments, that was for me a, a Star Trek Beyond kind of thing. Like Star Trek Beyond is goofy and is silly, and I'm not into Star Trek. But once they, you know, they they harness like the Beastie Boys and the Death of Spock, uh, uh-huh. the, the, okay. the, like all that stuff sort of coming together in that completely over the top silly sequence in Star Trek Beyond like that yeah. completely won me over as a combination of music and action and here's where something important happens it's the same with those two little bits where they do that that bit from the chain which is a i mean i don't know if you guys but that song the chain with the drum beat and that kind of mandolin guitar thing they're doing i don't i don't but uh like i and, and this sort of plaintive cry like if you don't love me it's never going to work like to have that in these two little moments there it was super effective for me uh, in the same way that that goofy sabotage bit was in in Star Trek Beyond, um, so the other songs like there was nothing like "Ain't No Mountain" like no, no song quite that good, but I really liked the way they used the Fleetwood Mac. I really liked, you know, I loved to see the Raining Men sequence with with Yondu. Uh, <laughs> I also I loved how much uh, they did with Michael Rooker. Like I was so pleased yeah. to just to just. How much life they breathed into him and then, and then killed him like it was it, it was a really i I liked, I liked i mean I just liked seeing this this weird basically clown character from the first movie ennobled as the actual father. And that's kind of the back story, is that Chris Black yeah. learns to appreciate who his father really was. And not right. who this cool kid is who comes rolling in with the new car and, hey, son, and, you know, he's there for the weekend. Like, there's this story about who's, your, who's the dramatic, glamorous absentee dad who just shows up and gives you a good time. And right. who's the guy who really did the hard work of raising you? Like, that was yeah. a really cool thing to do to literally a blue clown from the first movie. Yeah.
2: And he came out fine, so that's proof that Michael Rooker's better at of the.
1: He's getting credit.
0: I mean, well, I. I, I, just, I just, go ahead, Dingus.
1: I was shocked that. Um, because he has kind of become, and not only in this movie, but he's kind of become a little bit of a clown to me because I've heard him on a couple of podcasts and he just seems like he's kind Rooker? of out
3: of it. Yeah. Well, oh, you no. Know, that doesn't alive. matter, though.
1: No, it doesn't matter because I think the movie comes to life when he's on screen. Um, and I love exactly what you're talking about, Tom. I, lo- I, love, I love the way that they go with his character. And I think that the movie really, uh, really works for me when um, anytime he's on screen and interacting, even with his, when he's interacting with uh, Roger Raccoon. I love that. I love that,
0: yeah, everything
1: yeah. that he's doing. I think he 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 gets all the notes right. He gets the the weird anger. He gets the jokes. Um, he gets sort of this poignant these poignant moments, um, and he gets the heroic stuff. Uh, I'm totally knocked out by Michael Rooker in this movie.
0: Yeah, he gets he gets sort of gets the key moment too. The uh, you know, I didn't do it with my head, I did it with my and you know he's gonna say heart, but then he gets swallowed up and uh, that's like a great moment. I loved that. Uh, and then he, and get, like, you know, and and also the, uh, you know, he may have been your father, boy, but I was your daddy or wh- whatever that line was when he's when he's saving him. That was really touching. <laughs> like I uh, loved that.
1: I like the idea of it, and I like what he does with it. I think that this is for me an example, a rare example of an actor selling a, a line that I think doesn't make any sense. I mean, I hate that, that
0: whole... Which, which line? Uh, you,
1: you know, when I was... Do you think I was controlling that with my head? You know, um, you know, and then I was like, oh, God, you're controlling the arrow with your heart. All right, come on. Um, it, it, that was, I think, a little too much for me. I did not care for the writing in this movie. I was really disappointed by it. Family! Yeah, exactly. I'm like, what? Without i just been watching Fast and Furious movies all this time. It was really weird
0: hearing that. I can't family believe that line's
2: still in movies. Like, yeah, we
0: haven't heard this before. We well, you know like, that now. That it's to me.
2: parody. So, that
0: it's, and that's that. That's to me sounds like a studio note. Like, well, make sure you make it clear. You know, let's at least say it once. In no there. jokes about it. Don't make fun of it. Well, but they do joke. It the funniest. They do. No, no. See, that's the thing is, I think they do. You know, James Gunn got a joke in there. I'm I mean, you family. remember the so, we're all family uh, except you. Like, you see, that's to Karen Gill. Like, James Gunn. Yeah. Like, he's getting studio notes, but I think he managed to still preserve the gunness of it. Um,
1: the gunness. That's great. Yeah,
0: because I, I watched some of this. So I was like, yep, yep, that's a guy from Trauma, All right. Uh, you know, all the weird stuff with the Reavers. Like, yep, that's some, someone who came up through Trauma Films. Um, but this one feels the
2: thing that bums me out is the way this one's kind of like a normal Marvel movie. Like, oh, yeah, Death. yeah, sure. The Thor
1: well, what do you mean by that? that?
2: just uh that kind of like the action sequence where they're like f- they're like bobbing up and down in the forest like after logan and deadpool like it's marvel 3 pg-13 action is like it's harder for me to stomach now like now they've spoiled me and it makes me go wait why can't they just be more
0: i don't know like less cartoony and zippy um lines well, I, about family, yeah, that you know, yeah this is the this is the disney marvel you know that's the that's the the Fox Marvel is the the Logan Safe. stuff, and we get the Sony Marvel when we get uh, the the Spider Man movie later on. So we'll see where that goes. Well, what's well, I have no problem with any of that if it's done properly.
1: Like I can still watch any of those other Marvel Marvel, Marvel movies. A lot of them, including but the first first yeah. of these. And no,
2: there's some good ones.
1: Any of but that goofy comic book what? stuff doesn't bother me at all. Here it just seems. I don't know it just doesn't it, it doesn't feel like it has an understanding of just even the smaller things in the first movie that works not just the music which is a huge part of that first movie
2: even the exposition was, in the first one was good
1: and this I kind of zoned out, you,
2: out
0: during the exposition right they did. They they literally had to walk you through a museum to get you to to, to yeah. do the exposition. Like we have to set up a diorama here.
1: Uh, this is- <laughs> oh god, yeah, you're right. Uh, we have a listener. Um, he goes by the uh, name uh, Space Monkey. His name's Aaron Kane, um, and uh, and he said that what frustrated him about it, he he. Uh, was he doesn't he sees a lot of the movies that we're going to do but he was moved to write about this one but he did not like it uh, or he felt pretty let down by it is, i guess what he says and he says it seemed like they discarded so many things that made the first film work so well most notably a beguiling lack of confidence in their abilities to pull things off so he's talking about in the first the concept of the first guardians of the galaxy is that how can these guys these guys how can they be guardians when they can't even get along for five minutes? And it doesn't seem like this movie to him understands those that things. vibe.
3: Well, yeah, I, I mean,
0: think it's, that's that's, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of structural too. So that was their origin movies is how they got together. And I suppose we're, we're now supposed to see them as a family effective unit. Yeah. I mean, they're getting hired for contracts. So <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> even though they, you gonna- they're dumb a lot in the movie. Like they would have died multiple times. Like they're not that very careful. Like Rakerakid's racket, stealing batteries. Like he's causing all these terrible things to happen.
0: And Drax does too. So there And, and are, Baby Groot, like why why is Baby Groot dumb? Like what what is going on with that? That he can't follow instructions? What is that he's I think for it?
1: He hasn't learned language yet, I guess. I don't yeah. know. I think it's just convenient.
0: The baby Groot was so like happy meal to me. Like that that's a studio note by the way, that whole stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh yeah. And why does Vin Diesel
2: get a credit for that? <laughs> he gets top billing for it. Yeah, what... Mm-hmm. Uh, and they uh, could just use the same reading for every one of them, really.
0: And it, none of it's actually his voice. I mean, if it's it's his voice, they sped it it's up. Like nobody, anyway.
3: Yeah, 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 I did
0: not understand that. I guess it's just for continuity's sake or something. Um, I think... Yeah, yeah. I, I just on. had a lot of problems with that. Like, why is Baby Groot dumb? And, uh, you know, what... Uh, you know, why all all the the why are they we now calling out the unspoken thing as an unspoken thing like what why are we now being so self-aware about the Gomorrah peter quill attraction? yeah i thought they were dating yeah i did too yes yeah. yeah so like and, and a lot of Don't that can... just, yeah. and i you know where aaron kane said that this missed a lot of what the movie had i can certainly understand that but my feeling is it just had too much piled on it and too much that wasn't very well thought out. Like right. I, I could imagine a fan cut of this that could be far better because this doesn't have to be two hours and twenty minutes. <laughs> if, wh- why did this this made no sense to me? What's the deal with why did we have Kurt Russell planting blue seeds that then had cutaway sequences of thousands of people getting killed across all these different worlds? What did that yeah. do? Like, what did that do to this? Well,
3: yeah,
0: what, was it supposed to make things? But the like, characters
1: don't see it.
0: More galactic. Well, yeah, why were we seeing it? What they was weren't. that? Do they, do they even know what's happening?
1: I don't yeah, like, even understand it as a plan. I don't understand it as a right. possible meaning of life. Yeah.
0: I, I like the idea that he has to go around because, again, this is also – it reminded – so that he has to go around and father children and then have the children delivered to him so that he can see if they'll work. And it reminded me of the the, the bit in Fight Club where the narrator and Tyler Durden are talking about their respective fathers, and Tyler Durden says about the narrator's father, who is remarried and had another family uh, – Tyler Durden, Brad Pitt says, it not like the fucker's setting up franchises. Uh,
3: and that's exactly, <laughs>
0: like, like, that's what I thought of. <laughs> Russell is talking about going around and creating little babies yeah. everywhere, having them delivered to him. And that's that thing about, you know, when your, father, when your father remarries and has another family, like, that. that's how you feel. Like, you're mm-hmm. just some other guy in the universe. Other and, kids, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they so didn't I, give a shit about it. I, I loved that part of the plot as far as uh, a half-god half God have, has to get a find the right mortal that he can mix with i love that part of the plot as his as his his scheme, uh, and then also that is a metaphor for being conflicted about fathers. But this whole thing about planting a blue seed and making blue go- blobs destroy parts of the world, why was that in there? That had no business being in there. I think that was a studio note, we need a big action sequence that yeah, destroys what cities. God, this is too yeah. abstract. No, it's like, okay, in uh, in Batman vs. Superman, they destroyed the a city, Man of Steel, they're, they're smashing cities, uh, you know, Logan, Distract. even, we have Patrick Stewart breaking a city. We need to k- kill cities, uh, so yeah. let's find some way to get city destruction graphics in there. Right. They're supers. They can't just be fighting for their own lives. They have to be, <laughs> have to be millions of other... I, mean, I, uh, mean,
2: I
1: don't, I don't mean, understand I the story point. I mean, I like, what you're, I like your idea, Tom. Uh, if you carry it to its logical conclusion, if he's planting seeds of himself on all the planets, he's going to plant himself on all of those planets so that they become him. But to just destroy them? Well, we don't I mean, need that. He doesn't even have a Genesis device. I mean, come on.
2: <laughs> Marvel MacGuffins are the worst. They're so interchangeable. It's like Cosmic Cube, the Force, the the elf, the fucking substance. It's always the same. It, you could just replace with anything from any other Marvel movie, and it does the exact same thing. And it's just a certain color or shape or glows, and then at the end, they destroy it somehow some arbitrary way.
0: Well, that, the that, Exactly. That was the whole boss fight in this was just so yeah. unmotivated and i just i you know that's why one of the reasons i loved the tape joke is like yeah let's give me because i don't care. and i also loved when he did, when they have that moment with the fleetwood mac song where mm-hmm. he just gets really mad and he's going to win the battle at that point but then it still goes on with so much other stuff and yeah. other characters are having to do and i guess they're setting up yondu's sacrifice so i guess it was worth it what's um, the
1: fleetwood mac song i'm sorry
0: the oh, Chain? The, the chain. Yeah, yeah. It's a. Uh, it's got. It's. I'm not going to sing it for you, but uh, please do. It, I mean, I can't remember the you m- much of the music. In the- yeah, yeah, yeah. Kelly, oh, you
1: don't, don't let me know. Okay, thank you, thank you. Okay. Stevie yeah. Nicks. It's a great song,
0: and I thought it was deployed well and made sense for what was
2: going on.
1: Deployed yeah. is a great way to put it. Yeah, the music <laughs> in this is deployed.
0: Well, yeah. you didn't, even the the Cat Stevens bit at the end. I mean that 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 was it was so on the nose, but I love that they brought in some cat stevens
1: uh. and i fell i fell for that stuff i mean i laughed a great i laughed a great deal at this i mean chris markinson says some of the same things as i look at his email right now he he says you know the movie let him down but he he laughed at stuff like that and i'm I'm, you know i laughed i laughed at a bunch of stuff in this movie and i i teared up and cried because i'm an easy cry at those types of things at at specifically the father-son thing and the Cat Stevens thing that you're talking about, Tom. I can I couldn't help it because I have strong feelings about those. And I I like what you're saying about the themes of of, you know, the the dad who's done all the work and the glamorous dad who comes in and uh, those types of things really make really resonate with me, but uh, wasn't enough to, to salvage it. But um but I did like that Cat Stevens moment.
0: Well let's talk about some of the new characters they, they introduced. How did you guys feel about this high priestess Aisha and uh, Mantis?
2: Um, I liked Mantis. I don't know if Aisha is supposed to be genuinely threatening or dumb, because they they make mincemeat out of her repeatedly. Um, so, I think dumb. I, I think she's. If, I think dumb. She's a dumbass. She's, yeah, yeah. But she's still threatening enough to go. Oh, now they're showing up and they're going to shoot at them. They missed every single time, but here they come again. <laughs> But I thought it was more – it felt shoehorny, like, okay, and this is – Vanna, she's in issue number three, it felt like a fan service. That I, the first movie, like, I didn't know anything about these characters, but I felt like I'd gone to a really awesome party where I didn't know anyone, but it didn't matter. <laughs> and in this one, I'm going to another of their parties, and I feel like I'm not, like I'm not fitting in, and they're all talking to each other, but someone else's party this time. <laughs> so that's what I thought of them.
1: Sure, I don't know if that makes sense.
0: Uh, um, did you guys, do you guys know who Elizabeth Debicki is? Yeah, definitely. How do you know who I, she is, Dingus? Well, we've done a
1: couple of podcasts with of her the movies. That we, we did oh, man, *Man from, from Uncle. Uncle*. What, what besides and *Man from Uncle*? *Great Gatsby*. We did a mini podcast. Oh, right, right, right,
0: right. She's and I think she was, she was
1: she was she was in Everest. Uh, and we uh, we didn't do Macbeth. Oh, I uh, forgot. But she was in
0: Everest. I didn't remember that. Okay.
1: Yeah, and um, it's a wife. Uh, I, I I like the name Aisha because there's a there's a song I, I tried to her to hackers. This oh. indie band called The Duck Hills. who does this great song called Asia. She must but, um, be I, I liked her a lot. I thought she was funny for the most part, but I was kind of distracted by the whole Ender's Game thing that was going on. Yeah. That I, didn't, I don't PG-13, get.
0: PG-13, can't kill them. You Just know, you say that, them. but I got the idea that they were sort of hearkening uh, back to 80s arcades, like coin arcades. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, did, they were definitely
1: doing doing that with the, the sound effects, and I wanted to murder the movie when Pac-Man showed up. Um, it, you oh. know, when Chris Pratt <laughs> decides to... He he, he references Pac-Man, uh. that he's, he's going to make a lot of weird shit on this planet, and then he actually turns himself into Pac-Man and, instead of oh. a large version of himself. I, I really... I was like, wait, am I watching an Adam Sandler movie and
3: right now? I'm like, oh,
0: no.
2: I
1: don't want that in my head right
0: now. Just a quick point of order. He pulls rocks around himself that are pac-man shaped i don't think he turns into pac-man just to clarify
1: (sighs) okay yes that's a good point he makes a pac-man suit for himself so very very well done right Right. just like uh uh uh, tony stark does not turn into iron man he has an iron man suit
0: they're right that's the pieces fly onto him from other places exactly dingus so manhood's not iron
1: but oh, just but i I liked mantis i thought she was uh i thought she was sweet I thought she was. Uh, I thought she was pretty funny. I thought she. Uh, I, I kind of liked the way that the relationship between her and Drax developed. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I don't remember her from Old Boy, but I like that actress. I liked her. Palm Clementif. Not, yeah, I, I just like the name Palm Clement. Palm Clementia, whatever it is. it's Palm.
0: It's got to be Palm Clementif, right?
1: You think Clementif? Probably.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Does she join the group? Yeah, she's okay. in. Well, she's in the next Avengers movie.
1: Okay. So. Well, how do you He's feel still... about? Uh, Go ahead. Well, I, I was going to ask how you guys feel about Chris Pratt because Arthur <laughs> jelly says that Pratt is almost a marginal character in this, which is slightly yes. unexpected. But the yeah. side characters were likable enough to keep me interested. Yeah. Um, and from, and I agree with Arthur because I, it was we, what was weird was to see him just marginalized, as as Arthur said. It was it's very weird. Of the plot. That, it, but it feels like all of the jokes has, that might have done. gone to him have just been spread out among everybody else
0: mm-hmm. they unfortunately wanted him to have some emotional gravity, which right. I'm not quite sure was the best choice uh, because when you're right yeah when he yeah. and Kurt Russell having to yell at each other and when he discovers like his mother that, that Kurt Russell calls the brain cancer and oh uh, they I, like that needed to be a kind of an important moment, and instead we just got Chris Pratt. Pratt doing like yelling one oh one. Uh boy. Is that being that's funny? funny? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's got a great natural charm, but that's just an example. Of, I, I I don't know if Studio Notes again, or but that's just yeah. not something that you give Chris Pratt to do. You, you give It's like him. Furious 8 where
2: Vin's kind of gelded because he has to be – we have to not know what, what he's thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And in this Chris Pratt has kind of similar like, I don't know.
1: Man, my mom had the, the greatest take about this because uh, my mom went to see this with me, um, and she had not seen the first one. My son – uh, basically gave her a Cliff's Notes version of the first movie, like took a Damn half hour to, These to, to to tell her all about the first movie. Um, so mom's sitting next to me, and at some point during the first scene with Ego, she leans over to me and she goes, "Man, this actor is a standout actor. Is the standout actor in this movie? Um, she <laughs> this really this actor. Loves, that's,
0: her, that's your take on Kurt <laughs> Russell. This, this actor. actor, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dingus, um, you, you should uh, you should. He's sober.
3: good. He's,
1: yeah. I got to tell you, one of my, my mom's favorite movies that she walk, watches over and over again is the movie Twister. She will she loves movies like that. Um, but uh, so I was talking to her today, just kind of getting trying to get some insights from her, and, and I said, "Well, why why did you like Kurt Russell so much in this?" And she said, "It's experience. He he just." he can handle it. He can handle all of those moments and he just exudes this life experience. And that really appealed to her. And she said, it's interesting that, you know, kind of going off of what you just said, Tom, she's like, Chris Pratt might get there someday, but he's not there yet. He just doesn't have the experience yet. He's a a charming guy. He's, he, he can do some of this stuff, but he doesn't have it yet. And my mom is not like, my mom was, uh, was an English teacher. she, she, she knows what she's talking about with a lot of things, but she doesn't really analyze movies the way we do. But to hear her say that was really interesting. To hear her say, "He'll get there someday, but he's not there now."
0: Well, I wonder if it would be comparable to going back and watching those, like the the used cars. Computer... I'm thinking more like the computer whore tennis shoes, like when when, yeah, uh, it, when it, Kurt like... Russell was in those Disney movies and he was just kind of the young charming guy, uh, right? Yeah, uh, that's that again. You know, you guys should see a uh, Deep Water, Deep Sea, Her, Deep Water. Deep what? Sea Horizon, Deep Water Horizon. A one. Wait, well, you say it's a Wahlberg one, but it's a Wahlberg Russell Malkovich one. That's how I think of it. Oh, so it's like Con Air. No, oh, God. But
2: on the water.
0: <laughs> Con
2: water. My mom's liked this one more than the first one. She's like, she was like, "Did you see it yet?" She was like so excited by Guardians yeah. Two, and she walked out of Episode Seven. So <laughs> wow, know, there's a connection there. It's you know, it's kind of a, like. You liked it better than the first one? Did you see the first
0: one? Yeah, I watched it live the other night. This was better. I'm like, huh. Hey, you know, this one did have more Stan Lee cameo. So
1: oh, good lord, it's, yeah, it stands true. to
0: reason, Kelly Wand. Yeah, stands to reason. <laughs> I get excited when I know what the Easter egg means,
2: and in this one, I was a little baffled.
0: Yeah. So what is Adam? Do we know? What's the whole deal? with The no. sovereign. I know.
2: Creation? I like the Watcher, the guy Stan Lee is with, but I don't know what Adam is. I don't know. What's the Watcher? I, I thought He's they were. The, ma- Yeah, what is... No, the Watcher's the bald dude that Stan Lee's talking to. He's at all the... Why is he a a, Watcher? What does he do? He watches things. He, like, he's, like, studying... He, like, introduces stories in Marvel. He's like, yeah, this is what I saw this week. Oh, he's like, oh, Galactus is coming to Earth. So he's, like, the Crypt Keeper. Yeah, but he shows up, too. Like, he's a real... He's a person in the Marvel Universe. Oh. And, like, he showed up on Earth when Galactus tried to eat it and, like kind of mediated between him and the Fantastic Four. It's like, yeah, so here's what's going on. I, normally, I just watch things, but this was so interesting, I felt the
1: need to come down and explain. And then he leaves again. Uh, Kelly, you said the, your mom wa- almost walked out of something? What did you Ep- say? No, she walked out of Episode 7 of Star Oh, Wars. Episode 7. We have a listener who almost walked out of this. Really? His- yeah, Grant Stewart says, This is the closest I've ever been to walking out on a movie. Oh,
2: wow. That's impressive <laughs> to me. Like, I never got there. Like, I was like, oh, just, I'd rather be doing, I'd rather be on a bus right now than watching this movie. Grant
0: Stewart, you, you would have missed the, the what they did with Yondu. Yep, did. Aren't you glad you hmm. stuck around, Grant Stewart?
1: Yeah, he he does say he hopes for our sake that we enjoyed it more than he does, and I think <laughs> we all enjoyed it more than he did. Even though I'm I'm sad that I didn't like it, there are a lot of things I did like about it. But Grant's like, Grant Grant thinks that the script was poor, the characters didn't stay true to the original, and I agree with him on that. I think the characters were yeah. all over the place. Yeah. Um, and I he says
2: Drax,
1: and he says Drax in particular is now a guffawing Cretan as opposed to the stoic straight man. Uh, but if you watch the original movie, Grant, which I did again, he's laughing all the time. I mean, he—that that is pretty true to him. I mean, he's – I think they just go a little bit further with this character, but I understand well, they, what Grant They do a say.
0: thing in the first movie where they introduce him, and you're supposed to think he's a big, scary, tough guy, and he ends up to be yeah. a teddy bear. Like that's sort of – so you don't have the luxury of ever seeing his big, scary, tough side here. Right. Um, but in the
2: first one – Okay, well, I think we even just talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Where he, he says the line about the whore, like he called Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, that's I. Uh, and, and I know women who were annoyed by that
0: line, well, like at the time. No just, me. It doesn't matter if you're dude or a a chick. It just doesn't fit his character. Like, why did that line? But make now it, I think. That's the thing is when I watched this, I went, now
2: I think I like that line because it seems like on his planet, a whore is like a really valued, <laughs> like, yeah, that's the best you can have. Like, his culture <laughs> venerates whoredom because he has a weird take on love, too. So I think uh, this movie kind of ma- ma- made me like
0: that line more. Like, I wanted to defend it
3: right. to a- okay. angry
0: women. Like, no, see?
3: Hey, this any- is the-
0: anything to smooth out rough edges in a movie I love, fine by me. Yeah because
2: there's that line that, remember did you see Hodorowski's dune
0: oh no i did the not documentary. I the documentary but no i did not see it uh, okay because there's
2: a line in there that every every woman i said the line to that he says where he goes, um he said that he was he didn't do the dune books uh faithfully he was like but if you on your wedding night you have to rape the woman you, or you won't get the son but with love you rape her with love oh yeah like, what yeah. <laughs> Jesus. can, can,
1: you can know, we do go, that no. for one of our mini movie yeah chronicles. I think so
2: I, yeah because <laughs> I still defend the line I go look it's like you know you, people always say oh they raped the book or they murdered the, you know like rape and murder are always used in that metaphorical way
0: you know what I'm saying it's like that weird jar dip interview where he said oh yeah I've raped yeah <laughs> and gone with the wind I don't know I just think if Gone if with the Wind, what's the Gone with the yeah, Wind? Yeah,
1: Gone with the Wind, it, it, you know, he basically is raping his wife.
0: What? Right. Yeah. yeah. Gone with the Wind?
2: Because that, 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 that scar- it's Clark Gable, and women are like, well, yeah. that's okay.
1: And he takes Cause... her upstairs, and he essentially rapes her. She doesn't want to have sex what? with him. And then she wakes up the next morning going, oh, that was so great.
0: So great. But yeah, she loves it. That's crazy. Are you serious? That's in Gone yeah. with the Wind? Yeah. And women like it. They go,
2: yeah, I've been there. But it's <laughs> like. Not every woman, but most go. Yeah, that's how. And also, that's how it was, man. It's civil war. What are you going to do?
1: It's queasy making, no matter when you watch it. I'm afraid.
2: It's in character though, because he's drunk,
1: and that's probably whatever. I don't know. It's it's weird, but it is time specific.
0: Well, it's also yeah. There's like like in Night of the Living Dead when the when uh, Barbara's freaking out, the hero like slaps her unconscious so that she's yeah. out of the picture for a while. Like it's weird seeing things like that. You <laughs> used to be able to if a woman was getting. Too much up in the plot, and you had other business yeah. to do. You could just slap her, and then she'd, you know, pass out long enough.
1: She's There's my some, sister.
2: Some
0: quote where it's like men are afraid
2: wow. women will laugh at them, and women are afraid
1: men will kill them. Wow,
0: <laughs> She's Kelly, one way to get dark. <laughs> <laughs> it's battle of so, sexes, laughter. So, at her. Um, Aaron
1: Kane also has th- has this point to make, um, and I'm wondering if if you guys have a, a thought about this. He's asking. It, is he the only one who thought every advancement of the plot was merely a revelation of backstory and kind of so he's, yeah. he's he's asking do all movies do this now so little the plot seemed to happen during the movie and rather it was happening before it so all the things so ego is revealing uh, all the things about the world being in danger Yandu being blacklisted all of the things that the movie reveals have already happened should have had 30 years early in the title card, is what he said. I think he's trying to make a dig at me, but, um, but I'm, I'm interested is- in, in his thought, because I, I hate that, like, oh, such the- and such earlier. Um, but, you know, what do you think about that?
0: That's only if you really – I think that's if you're looking at the events as text rather than subtext. Like, if you look at this as a story about – you know the cool father coming in and dazzling the child who then mm-hmm. eventually grows up and appreciates who his real dad is that all happens in the movie and I think that 's the point of this movie, like the okay. studios wanted a movie with a bunch of c g action stuff and they got that but i i you know so when Aaron Kane says all this stuff happened beforehand yeah that 's true if you've got this if you think the story is about this evil planet who becomes a human and wants to conquer the universe, but that 's not what i 've Felt like I watched. I mean, that's part. That's a lot of what I was shown. But I mm-hmm. think the script that, that Jamie James Gum Gun, Gun <laughs> <the> Lord, <laughs> wow. uh, that he wrote well, was really about the the flashy dad coming to impress the kid, and the kid growing up and realizing, nope, my real dad was the guy who was there all along, uh, and all that unfolded in real time, and it was a significant development. I thought so. Uh, but the sisters, too. So that happened
2: before the movie.
0: Sure, yeah. Well, I, you know, and and that's another thing too is that I don't know what they were going for there with the whole family. Uh, we're, we're, well, we're fighting, and you always had to win. No, you had to win. Like I don't.
2: Yeah. Did she know that was going on? Well, what's, just go, what's this not right. I won watching, two to nothing.
1: Watching the first movie, Nebula says. Uh, it says a line along the lines of, um, of all of our siblings, I hated you the least or hated you the most. I can't remember which one it was, but the, uh, the implication being that they had a, a lot of siblings, but these two were just added. So, so it's not just two sisters and nobody else exists. They have a lot of siblings. And she says, of all of our siblings. Um, so I, I think that these characters change in this movie from the last movie. And it's weird that whole competition thing.
0: Yeah, it just um, felt forced. But I, I, yeah. I, I like the characters, and I wanted to like the bits, but I didn't. I couldn't keep up with why, who was doing what, and and I'm not sure the movie quite knew what to do with is Karen no. Gillan a good guy or a bad guy? And uh, I that's, just that's, to,
1: that's another uh, that's another Fast and Furious thing that I think it's doing.
0: Yeah, how you know, wow, Fast yeah, and Furious buddies know? Uh, well, she's, grooms- she's the Jason Statham. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: You're exactly right. She's gr- the the, the Fast and Furious movies, I think, are purposely grooming villains to become parts of the team. You know, getting stars yeah. and grooming them, and then converting them. But uh, and that's but, that felt very topic. much like that in this. And when you have that family line that Kelly so expertly pointed out, and then you have her becoming the becoming a good guy. I mean, even my son was like, "What? Wait, huh?" Yeah. Huh? What? Um,
3: how
1: do you uh, think
2: it in, in Okay, never mind. No, go ahead. Well, just The Rock was the first one they did that to, but he was a cop, so it kind of made sense. Like for the, like he's like, all right, I'm just using resources efficiently. But like Statham's a murderer, and so is his brother. And the fact that they're now part of the group is like, I don't know. It seems a little less thought out to me. But ex- but economically, I don't know. It's well, everything. previous becomes- movies, that yeah. happens
1: happens from the beginning because you know Brian's a cop, and then he becomes a yeah. bad guy, and then he becomes a good guy, and then he becomes a bad guy. So, but, I mean, they I think go, to... but
2: they go through a lot of growing pains in the course of the movie before they come to that stage. While as right. now with Statham, there was just a prison fight where they just said, "I'm going to beat you like a like a Cherokee drum," and two seconds later, there are, they give him a, a free car that can go faster than they can put
1: him in a, <laughs> give him a submarine. It's, it's the same movie, like it's 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 all ramped up. Can, so can, somebody, can somebody explain to me why Ego has to put a tumor in her head and why he has to even tell? So, what 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 the fuck is up with that? He's dumb. That seems like a terrible idea. Why would he, why would he think that Chris Pratt
2: would not would mind that? Because he's like, but, wait, Michael is gonna eat you? What? That's not cool.
1: But why even do it? What? Why did oh, yeah. if, if you need to kill her off because you don't want to return to the planet because you just can't because you have a you know a penis that's not that bad that you created. Uh, why not just have her get in a car accident or something? I mean, He says earlier, yeah, I, don't you, you get know, I, I promised that none of them would, would suffer, and they didn't suffer. I just killed them all, and now their bones are down in the basement. Why, why does he give her That's a tumor? What the What the hell is up with that, and why does he admit it? Why does he do it? Why does he admit it? I don't understand that plot point at all.
0: One of the, yeah. It's a problem you have when you decide to have a god as one of the characters who can just do anything. Like in a, a snap of a finger, he can destroy the sovereign fleet. Um, but but I, I – and again, maybe I'm just attached too much to the story that I think uh, James Gunn wanted to tell. But uh. I, I get it, this idea that he was too cowardly to actually – like make a clean break that he he was too cowardly oh, uh... to, to get out of the relationship in a in a, an effective way, he just sort of planted a tumor he didn't want to watch her die it's like when you break up with someone and you know you're hurting them and you selfishly don't want to subject yourself to the pain you feel seeing them hurt so it's so a lingering disease that takes months to kill well or no i Tom,
1: I think Tom's making a great point.
0: Like, it's, I'm just going to set up a way for her to die, and I'm not going to be around to watch it. I don't want to be, I'm just going to, I just want to remember her from this relationship. I don't want to go through the messy part of actually having to break up with her or seeing her die or killing her. So I'm just going to, you know, do this little thing that's going to take care of it, and then I'm just going to bail. And I mean, it's the worst an absentee father can do, right? Is to just, just leave and not want to see any of the fallout, not want to be there to help clean it up or help stabilize the, the family. Um, but there's another side to that, and something that you,
1: that you just triggered is that if he gives her a long disease that she has to die from, it gives him a chance to come back. He could always come back and heal her if he wanted. Right, 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 sure. And, and so there's always that opportunity. I'm, I'm, I'm going to break up with you, but I'm leaving a back door. So I, if if I want to come back, I, I can come back and, and take care of you. I can come back and heal you, and then I can have you back. i still Or got the I can just resist apartment. coming back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, he keeps yeah, the bones for really, sentimental
2: reasons.
1: Tom, you surprised me. That's a really good answer because I, yeah, I was just, really frustrated by that. Yeah, because yeah. one of the things that, that he did a piranha, Remember? It, not as good as his porn piranha. No. <laughs> um, uh, one of the things Chris Parkinson says that the for him this movie seemed like it was dreaming big and delivering small. You know, it wrapped up yeah. some great, some good loose ends with Peter's father and amended some relationships. Uh, but it, it just didn't. It did. It didn't. Something for him is how he puts
0: it. Well, I just, just remember the. I mean, for me, just the real disappointment. All these we could have had really good action scenes. Remember the awesome bit in the courtyard on right. the prison break or the Nova Prime, the fight over the yeah. little roly ball. They were all good. All the action in the first movie. Is yeah, good. yeah, and, and none the really of the action specific. Here. Yeah, court, yeah. Very yeah. specific. Very well staged. And here mm-hmm. it's just a bunch of CG stuff. Uh, I think the only action bit I was like, yeah, that's cool, was uh, Zoe Saldana picking up the giant gun uh, yeah. like that. That was cool. That to was see. Like it, was, it was cool to see her get a moment because she's got the thankless task of being the the straight man or the kind of the end yeah. mother for for all of the, right. the, the funny characters. She
2: gets um, to do more than Pratt. Pratt doesn't get to do shit in this movie.
0: Yeah, he gets to, like, be really mad. When out. Is that what you <laughs> want
1: to see?
0: Yeah, just yeah. angry. Yeah,
1: sure. And then I, this this movie does the thing that that drives me crazy in these types of movies that I complain about with the uh, X Men Apocalypse, I think, and with one of the many Superman movies we've talked about. Is this uh, it this CG of brown miasma like just stones and and sand and dirt that we're just going to make fly around? And this movie was Twister. constantly doing that. And the first movie just had such smart and, you're, you, and that courtyard scene you're talking about, Tom, there's a number of other things that you just see just the way that the, the that Rockets' gun like extends itself. Um, and then there's other stuff going on in the background. Uh, that whole prison break scene is just beautiful, clear, and specific. Here it just felt like we're just going to throw a bunch of junk at the screen
0: well even uh the so it was a different cinematographer um oh even this movie a lot of times definitely looked like a george lucas prequel like it was clearly shot against a green screen with just a bunch of artwork. like there there was there was a clear sense of production design and and let's look distinct from darker movies and let's not look like marvel avengers colorful we're gonna have a different kind of sun drenched colorful uh and here there didn't seem to be any consistent aesthetic other than we're gonna shoot on a soundstage light it brightly and then later on just draw a bunch of stuff in there uh (laughs) so yeah visually there there was a lot missing here as well as choreography and but again you know i've just got four words for you guys i'm mary poppins (laughs) y'all (laughs) <laughs> I mean that's all I want. If I get that, all the other stuff fine. It sucks. Whatever. I, the fact that I got that. That's that's way more than I got from yeah, here we go. I'll 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 put this out there. That's way more than I ever got from a Fast and Furious movie. Ooh. No, come on. Yep. I take issue as, as, as far as writing. Like as far as cast, like the Fast and Furious, you know, Paul Walker, uh Almost there's some great stuff. Right, exactly, but as far as writing this is like this is clearly still James Gunn. this is still the guy that wrote the first movie, and I could see that in there. There were the moments that came out of there, and i don 't think the Fast and Furious movies have ever had that level of writing of storytelling daddy 's got to go to work come on that 's epic. That's If his, that's, go ahead, make if my that's case. your counterpart to I'm Mary Poppins, y'all, then Kelly Wand, I rest my case. Really? <laughs> Wait, is, is Mary
3: Poppins I think cool? it is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and Markinson uh, agrees with you, Tom. Markinson was disappointed, but he didn't really like that line a lot. Yeah, uh, uh, all yeah.
3: right
0: so that's I just it. want I want to make a fan cut of this with all the Blue Goose stuff out. All the music, by the way, out, not the not the, the music. because I'm okay with the, the music, the songs I didn't know I was fine with. The songs I did know, I liked how they were used. Uh, but the the incidental music or whatever you call the stuff that's not. Oh, that I, was horrible. It was just. Yeah. Red. Uh, I want to make a fan cut without that. I want to get both. I if I never see Stan Lee again, I'm fine with that. Quit, no. Put, Quit Uncle. screwing up my movies with Stan yeah. Lee cameos. I love them. Do you really, Kelly Wand? Um, feels, I like feels, them.
1: Oh, I can't stand it's, them. It feels like that moment in a trailer where the needle scratches across the record. And
0: <laughs> <laughs> you
2: know what, though? It's case by case. I like them when they're funny, and then when they suck, I go, that was stupid. What's, they're what's never a good,
1: funny. Yeah, what's the good well, one, Kelly?
2: Uh, there's a bunch of them. I like the one in X Men where Phoenix is making things levitate and his hose water goes up. And I like when he's a DJ at the strip club in Deadpool. That you know, Kelly of-
0: Wann, that's that's your like '80s sex comedy zapped uh, f- speaking. Like you like things that have that tone, and when they when they shoehorn that into a movie with Stan Lee, you're on board. It's, I'm
2: also an, I'm I'm an '80s Marvel whore too. Like that's when I grew up, and I, so I do have a more affection for Stanley than I think you did.
1: You say do. you're an '80s Marvel whore because you're usually yeah. so literal.
2: Uh, yeah, I stand by my whoredom.
1: What's a standby? <laughs> what's What's the one that where Stan Lee is like staring at the sky when missiles are coming down?
0: Oh, good. Uh, so he gets missiled. I like that. that it does sound familiar. Last, maybe because there's missiles in that. Oh yeah, yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I think it is that one. Which one is There's it? Some, the one you like, love, Dingus, is first class, yeah. right? Yeah.
1: No, the no, one no. Where,
0: it's
1: more oh. like the the, shot, it's yeah. where somebody like is controlling all of these missiles or they're blowing up all the missiles in the sky.
0: Is it Man of Steel?
1: <laughs> no, it can't be Man <laughs> of Steel, because that's D C.
2: Yeah, uh,
1: but it's That'd it's, be
2: funny though, if he was if if Stanley was in one of the DC ones, it would be really that really I would funny. like that we'll it would totally. About it.
1: Yeah, that would. I would. I agree. I think that it they should.
0: I think it they ne- should. Would never into DC movies. You guys are crazy. <laughs> in a, in a Fast and Furious, too. Well, while they're at it. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh,
2: oh,
3: man. still
2: alive. Come on, Tom. Celebrate the longevity. He's yeah. still like 38 of these fucking things. It's just funny to me that that's the life. Like, he, when he started out and he was just like this kind of hack writer in the 60s he thought he was he thought he was
3: uh
2: you know the sorkin of his generation or something and now he's an old man he just like walks on the street and does these dumb things
0: it's fun that doesn't that does nothing to make me more tolerant what? of it kelly yeah that just not helped me one little bit
3: <laughs>
0: okay, <it's... laughs> kelly wanted to try harder remember when he drank hulk
2: uh blood in the coke what? I guess he dies from radiation sickness in the first Hulk movie, or the second one. Banner's blood gets in some soda pop, and then there's a Stanley Kimmy where he's drinking oh. the pop. He's all, go to the hospital, all and right. then I think he maybe dies, but you would have liked it if he'd really died.
0: By the way, I think, the I, I think that Drax dies at the end of this. What? How? Yeah, he gets hit with that arrow. Sean Gunn accidentally yeah, arrows him.
1: You know, I asked my kid that, too, and he's like, no.
0: No, he's dead. Those That'd arrows good- they, those arrows kill you. They don't just like you, you can't just go in your flesh and you snap it off. Jax is dead, I'm afraid. Well
1: how do you feel about the how do you feel about Michael Rooker's character? 'Cause 'cause what you know, one of the things that, like Arthur Giovanjali uh said that uh the funeral of Michael Rooker's escape were the highlights for me. I mean he he didn't he he thought it was a pretty wretched movie. Uh he did not like it. Um, but, he, <laughs> but, he, but he he funny. likes he likes that particular moment very much, and uh, I think it's uh, Markinson who said that he's surprised that they killed off Michael Rooker. So how do you feel about that? Well, given given that I liked him so much in this, and I thought he was the highlight of the movie. Quite it's frankly, it's a good scene. Yeah, I mean, how do you feel it, about him being killed off?
0: I well, first of all, it's it, like like so much else with this movie. Like I know what James Gunn is doing with the script, but it is really stupid. That they couldn't just fly over and pick him up. Yeah, I know. Like, what, what really on Earth? Space, right, exactly. And, and yeah. you know, there, there was the whole bit, like, where uh, Chris – remember where Chris Pratt rescues Zoe uh, Saldana in the first movie yeah. by, mm-hmm. by almost sacrifice? And they still save him, right. uh, but it's just he's willing to so – it's so contrived. Amazing. And it's uh, – like, like I said, the drama in this is so contrived. I know it – James Gunn is doing with this script. I just wish they'd done it more gracefully, found some way to plot it better, but I, you know, it's important that he dies. It ennobles him even more, I think.
1: Yeah, very good, yeah.
0: I think I like
2: it movies when someone like that dies and they don't get to say the speech. Like they just get their head lopped off.
0: Well, that's – you know, and that's what what's going <laughs> to go on with uh, – it. you know, you think I did it with my head. I did it with my – and before you can say heart, like you know he's going to say heart. But James yeah. Gunn is like, yeah, we're going to go ahead and cover him up with blue tentacle rock stuff right now before he can say the the line heart. And we just uh, – It's even I schmaltzier. Think, no, it's schmaltzier if he says it.
2: That's true. Yeah. But it's not as small – it's smaller than if he just dies and doesn't get to say anything, and he just goes, I'm going to
1: eat you. <laughs> <laughs> Are you OK with the Kurt Russell face at the beginning in the red car, as Kelly calls it?
0: <laughs> it was a lot less creepy than the uh, – what? Bridges, or than – Well, the, the, than Jeff Bridges or uh, Peter Cushing or Carrie Fish yeah. Yeah. Oh um, God, I, the Carrie Fisher thing. Jesus. I, I watched. I was wincing as I was watching it, but while I was wincing, I was like, "Well, this could be worse." Uh. Yeah. Uh,
1: my mom was amazed by day. it. By the way. Yeah, she my mom was amazed.
0: amazed by it. it does seem CG. like a sort of. It does seem like it would amaze moms. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's mom
1: approved. That's CJ. It, it does not amaze Chris Marketson's, though. He he says they need to stop doing that. And that's that Uncanny <laughs> Valley thing again, which I had to explain to somebody at a party tonight who actually works in the movie business. I explained what, what, uh, what Uncanny Valley means, that whole it's a little too close to feel real. It, it creeps us out.
0: I don't that, you know His son is working now and is a good actor. We saw him in Everybody Wants Some, and what else was he in recently? But he's got his son out there working Get throw his son apart, playing yeah. a young uh, Kurt Russell. For yeah, pizza. why not?
3: Yeah,
2: They should make a horror movie called The Uncanny Valley, and it's like so everything's hard to look at in it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us more about the script, Kelly Wand. Uh, Tarkin's in it, Carrie Fisher, uh, Kurt be Russell's rated, grandfather. Be a rated PG-13 horror movie? <laughs> no, there's no more PG-13s. That's it. In any genre. Every movie has tits.
3: One, two, three. Me, that and I'm between, one, two, three, Kelly, Watt, even one, Even like, even like Winnie the, the Pooh movies. Three,
2: he has tits. He has a shirt over him, but you can see the nipples.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you can't see Winnie the Pooh's nipples. Oh my and god! he are with
2: honey. <laughs> oh
0: my God, Kelly.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Those aren't bee
2: stings from the honey, but from the hive. You are freaking out. That's enough.
1: What? <gasps>
2: Eeyore has to pin them back on sometimes.
1: <laughs> Well, you have done more jokes for the 3x3 three three than you had taglines.
0: Yeah. When you've you do- also, you've, you've single-handedly destroyed the works of A.A. Milna I hope you're happy. Oh, uh, Really? No. We're not the Tau. It's, it's,
1: it's Milner.
0: <laughs> it's like Thor's hammer. Okay. <laughs> there you go, Thor, B-plus from CinemaScore. <laughs> Haha. Suck so at Hemsworth. A, a. depressed a. Mil- idiot. I eh, only got a B plus. Eh. Speaking of Thor's hammer, what's this three by three this week, Dingus? Oh my God! For a toy?
1: <laughs> oh These are God. your favorite your favorite toys in movies, not from movies called Toy Story.
2: Mine are so stupid. I'm just gonna sit in jail. I'm just well, gonna toy- leap myself into
1: the cell right now. Toys are dumb. We are men. We are over forty. We are men, as we know from uh, some uh, football coach in uh, Texas. Once you're past 40, you're a man. So. Where's
0: my starfish? <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand you get sports talk. It makes no sense to me. The starfish is sports talk? Yeah, probably. <laughs> is that a team or something? I don't know. Paul Rudd's line and This Is 40 that you
2: like? <laughs> oh, right. The, Le- the Leslie Mann movie. Yeah. I only remember movies about Lyft. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, my third favorite toy in a movie – this is the only one where I could get in trouble, but I'm going to s- stick by this – uh, is, see. is
3: it,
0: dolls or toys, right? Yeah, yeah, you know what?
1: I, I really should have excluded dolls because, nope. as, I, as I looked, so many of them uh, are dolls, it's but its I, didn't, I didn't, so, so All right, absolutely.
0: Away. Yeah. My third favorite toy in a movie uh, except,
1: is uh, – Except, let me just say – well, go
0: ahead. My third favorite toy in a movie is Fats and Magic. The Anthony Hopkins
3: ventriloquist—that's <laughs> <or. laughs> your right. favorite. Right, you <laughs> that? A, that's
0: a dummy, hey, not a doll. Two. A dummy is a oh. type of doll. Go ahead. What's two? It's called a ventriloquist doll. Go, Wait, go ahead. That's not a toy.
2: Like it's his prop in a in his act that he uses. So like he wouldn't give it to a kid. He, if a kid took it, he'd go. That's not a toy. I was I was, give, I was
0: given a, a ventriloquist dummy as a kid. What? Yeah. <laughs> is, is it on your lap, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I remember being given one. I remember my cousin had one, and he used to run around and scare me with it when I was little. Uh, oh, oh, my That's, fucking weird. That's actually the weirdest thing you've ever told me about yourself. <laughs> That's, That's that I, why I like Magic, the Anthony Hopkins movie. I totally What happened to it? it? To, to, the, to Clint's dummy? Yours. Oh, mine, I don't know what happened to it. I was older, but yeah, when I was a little kid, my cousin Clint, had a dummy and he I didn't <laughs> like it and he loved the fact that it scared me and he would chase me around with it. Yeah. So then your parents went, Wow, Tom hates that doll. Let's get him one. <laughs> well it's just my mom. So eventually, no, I like I was a teenager or something. I was like, I'm gonna learn to be a ventriloquist. It's like, you know, <laughs> also, it's like he just goes through that. Uh, <laughs> see, Tom still where, has
1: it, he just calls it Shadow Cat. We hear it on the podcast every now and hmm.
0: It's like you do the thing where you're gonna learn magic tricks, right? Don't you I also, did that? Yeah, don't, and for, don't you also, yeah. with that, say, I'm going to learn ventriloquism. You don't do no, because
2: you've got to learn how to talk without moving your mouth, which seems like a skill I don't even want to know. <laughs> like, what am You'd I going to do accept for ventriloquism?
1: Would you rather talk with your butt?
2: Do you think if, if – uh, get ready for something dumb, I'm going to say. In 2001 – if the astronauts in 2001 had been ventriloquists, then Hal would have been able to read their lips.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <And I. laughs> Some up in the space. And the went, That's what I was trying to tell you. Send ventriloquists, Jesus.
1: <laughs> I love that as a three by three easiest way to end a movie early. <laughs>
2: When it turned a character into a giant baby. <laughs>
1: Send fish for the
0: Yeah. And Kubrick just comes out and goes, All right, we solved it. Well guess what, Kellywand? It sounds Plus like I, I got away it sounds like I got away with choosing fats from magic.
1: So I love that th- you did get away with it because I think only one of us on this podcast over the last week or so has actually operated a marionette. <laughs> <laughs> Euphemism.
0: First of all, Fats is not a marionette, but second of all, yes, we did get a great page. He's a of toy. toy. Kelly we Wand. Lived. Using a puppet, yeah. Uh, well, Hal's my uh,
2: favorite toy. JK. Um, <laughs> wait, why is he your favorite
0: ventriloquist dummy as opposed to? Oh, well, because he's really free. Like, he's, ventriloquist yeah, <laughs> dummies are inherently creepy. Like, there's a movie called That's... Dead Silence that James Wan did, which also has like a ventriloquist dummy, but it just looks like a normal ventriloquist dummy. But man, what they did in Magic, and it's a Richard Attenborough movie, which is weird. Yeah. What they did in Magic. Like his head is big, and he looks like Anthony Hopkins, but with this weird, distorted, like amateurish look to it. Like he just looks rough-hewn and amateurish and creepy, and more right. so than just a regular old ventriloquist dummy. Uh, it's just remarkable how they took something that's creepy and just amped it up. It's like creepy cubed.
1: Um, it's uh, it's yeah. like he had to do 700 jumps instead of the no- normal 49 that humans can do.
0: Is that a sports thing? I don't understand yellow sports talk.
1: No, sorry, it's a it's a reference to Guardians of the Galaxy when the, when the weird face stretching stuff.
0: I still don't remember it. Uh, the number of jumps that Rocket Raccoon takes them through to to sorry. get. Oh, I thought
1: you guys right. would get that.
0: Now
2: I saw this movie two weeks ago. I don't remember anything about it.
1: Well, sorry. what I what I really. Uh, uh, and I think we've talked about this before. What I really uh, don't ever quite get about this about magic, and I really like the movie Magic, is that one moment <laughs> and the game, the one the one take they they choose.
0: No, I've I've explained. Have I not told you about that? So yeah, the, you have, so, you have. Right. I
1: just want you to do it again.
0: So so magic as uh <laughs> you, you can wa- there is if you just watch magic as it's shot, like you just watch the movie. Clearly, fats is supernatural. There's there's something. And it's like Fats moves at a certain point in the movie when Anthony Hopkins isn't controlling him. There's a point where Anthony Hopkins gets up, walks out of the frame, and Fats' eyes follow him. So that shot is in the movie. So therefore, Magic is a movie about the supernatural. Uh, There are some movies where you can debate it, where it's ambiguous. I love explaining to people a really cool Brad Anderson horror movie called Session 9 is indisputably about the supernatural. It's not just that Peter Mullen is crazy. There's indisputable proof, and I can lay it out for you, that Session 9 clearly has a supernatural in it. And that moment, that shot in magic, clearly Fats can move. We as the audience, as an independent perspective, see Fats moving without Anthony Hopkins controlling them. So we know there's something supernatural. Magic is not just a movie about Anthony Hopkins is crazy. However – In the director's commentary where the guy who operated F.A.T.S. because they didn't want Anthony Hopkins to have to learn – well, like Anthony Hopkins was acting and they didn't want him to have to deal with also controlling the puppet. So they had a professional ventriloquist always like behind Anthony Hopkins with his arm around controlling F.A.T.S. while he's in Anthony Hopkins' lap. And in the shot that Richard Attenborough keeps in the movie – and the ventriloquist in the director's commentary, he didn't know why. He was a little mystified that the shot's in there, but he didn't realize that Hopkins had gotten up and walked away. Uh, he said, you know, I, oh, I didn't know Anthony Hopkins had left, so I was still moving fats. Um, so, for whatever reason, Richard Attenborough left it in there, and therefore, it's a movie about the supernatural. Would he agree with you, or would he go, oh, fuck, what?
3: Well, you know, oh. I wonder if
0: it's kind of a. wood, Tom.
3: <laughs> I Don't wonder if
0: it's just... kind of a thing like. Back, like, you know, 70s cinema, they were like, oh, we're going to be ambiguous. We're just going right. to leave a shot in that's going to just fuck with your head. Uh, so I wonder if, like, spot. Richard Attenborough was, like, doing that kind of thing. I don't know. He did that in Gandhi, too. <laughs> Where Gandhi's eyes move when nobody's controlling? Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> All right, well, For Kelly, Walt, let's, let's get to your uh, third favorite toy in a movie. And I love the fact you're already heading down to the jailhouse, so you think you're going to be in trouble with these, it sounds like. Heavy sigh. <laughs> my number three, get
2: scared to see what Dings is going to do. I'm going to do a <laughs> quote from the movie. Uh, Up yours, mother. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was the Edward when I went back and looked. So maybe they folied it. But my number three favorite toy is Richard Pryor in the movie. Oh! Boy. Because he actually is a toy, he's hired to be the kid's toy, and so Jackie Gleason buys him for his son. You know, U.S. that guy, Jackie it's Gleason. Not U.S. It's U.S. Right, but the wife says it U.S. because she's from. I know she says she All
3: has
2: right, an A. U.S. U.S.
1: Yeah, it's
2: good. It's good job. I can see Jackie Gleason going. This is gonna kill. Um,
1: I would like to buy that portrait that he has of her that he can use the remote control to change it. Yeah. See, she's a toy, too. No, I think that's a great – I think that's an awesome toy. I, right. I didn't even think of it. I, I really have a, a fond place in my heart for that, even though I, think it's a, I don't think it's a very good movie. Um, no, it's not good. But
2: uh, that that's what's interesting about it. they made that. I went and saw it as a kid in a theater and went, wait, that can happen. You can just buy a black man <laughs> if you see him in a toy store. Because your movie- dad said, I'm going to buy you anything in the toy store. Like the black guy has to do what you say because a rich white dude said so. so
1: <laughs> but you're stuck very out. resonant now. Um, when I think about how that whole thing works, when they're running around the the store. I mean, it's it's kind of embarrassing because I worry that Richard Pryor was at a bad point in his career and having to do all of these things in, in that sto- toy store, but or in the in the in the department store where he's cleaning everything up because you know he's working there after hours, and that's why the kid gets going and shop w- for whatever he wants. Um, um, I think this is a great <laughs> pick actually. There's so many all toys right. in that movie, and I didn't even think about it at all. And I really I actually know that movie, and I've i quote it from time to time and uh kelly i think that's a great pick i think that right. you know, the richard Pryor pick is a great pick
2: it's one of those movies i wish people today could go to a theater and see and just go what Yes, yeah. what's happening yeah. in this like i just love p- movies that can't
0: get made anymore
2: and, well you like, know the time it, no one cared
0: <laughs> i say what i wonder if get out is the modern day the toy
2: get out's thoughtful though
0: I like oh, it the toy. is it? I've, I've never seen the toy. I was assuming I think the toy a, is trying thoughtful... to be. Okay.
2: Yeah, but it's it's not. <laughs> it's like carbon.
0: Remember like, how that can it not talking? be? How can it? Oh, oh okay. That's I was going to say, Washington how Washington. can it not be thoughtful if it's about a rich white guy buying a black man? Like that's got to. That, that that's not. Thought like they they're playing that for laughs, not for yeah. The uh, social uh, they're not.
3: They Ratty.
1: Well, I think big... it's a studio notes thing. I think they're trying to sneak in social commentary, but I don't think. Oh. the social commentary really plays it's out him. yeah and then he winds
2: <laughs> okay, up well with the kid and then jackie gleason learns to say i love you to the kid by by having richard pryor sit on his lap
0: oh it sounds like a magical negro, negro movie it
2: is uh All right. yeah
3: All that right.
2: is and then the wife comes in and sees that and then that was in the tv commercials like oh you come see a movie about a movie where it looks like jackie gleason's
1: having sex with richard pryor and of course, yeah. and of course, the wife wants to once have sex with the black guy, and he's right. all like, "Oh, I can't do this." Oh. Uh, yeah, it, it's, yeah. it's down at Beverly Hills, but with Richard Pryor. That's good a good toy. choice, Kelly. Kelly, I think that's a really good choice.
0: All right, Kelly, funny. one, you're not in trouble yet. Hang in there. All right. it's third favorite well, toy in a, in a movie. All
1: right. This is a uh, this is a doll, actually. It's Richard Donner. Uh, Away. Just Yeah, default. it is a Richard Donner move. Very good. Yeah. Uh, sounds... This is from a movie called Dances with Wolves. Uh, <laughs> there's no dialogue around this, but I really love this. I love they this didn't... moment.
0: They didn't have costumes the there. To hey. They have Did a you, white. They... Uh, they didn't have toys back then, Tom. No, I don't even think they've been invented yet. What kind of toys could they? Oh, you said a doll. Okay, they had dolls. Uh
1: well, it it's a it's a doll Earth toy because it's it's clearly something that the the that the kids play with and it's it's an indication of of the way that the um the family structure is and their household is because they live in a teepee. <laughs> they they live in one room essentially. Uh and uh the dad kicking bird, um, played by Graham green, not the author, uh, gets into bed, um, and like pulls the bear skin over him or whatever. And, and you, you suddenly see him like, what's going on? And he pulls something out from under the blanket. And it's this kid's toy that the kid has made that that's his little doll. And he's like, and he like, sort of throws it over like, where the kids are sleeping because they're all sleeping in one room everything is going on in this one room except for everything that goes on outside during the normal part of the day um and i just love that that feeling of uh you know uh, stepping on a lego accidentally walking on a uh, a dog toy that squeaks for instance um that happens in uh, our house a lot uh or uh you know getting into bed and you know my son has left one of his stuffed animals somewhere um but that that thing is something i can really relate to kicking bird getting into bed and finding that toy in his bed i mean like what is this oh jesus one okay and he throws it across the room to you know across the TV to where his kids are going to sleep uh, i just love that i love that so much i think it's just so such a great uh statement about how they're about their family structure
0: I want to change one of mine now. Okay. You know I'm I'm gonna. I'm gonna stealth this in. I'm cool. I got it. All right. Okay. You guys ready for my number two favorite toy in a movie? Uh, This is also like Fats and Magic. It's really creepy, and I don't like it. Wait, is his name Fats like Fat? Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. I couldn't remember that. All right, Fats. All right. I don't know why that is a weird name for him. Is it F period A period? T period S period does it stand for something?
0: First of all, that spelling hadn't been invented yet. All right. Second of all, I don't think it's an acronym because that would make him like a like a superhero or an action a crime fighting team or something like like Babs. Uh, So my second favorite toy in a movie it's one of those monkeys that bears its teeth and plays symbols. Uh, I don't know why. uh, Ever ever have that in your house because it's freaky. Monkeys are already so the the uncanny valley like the the uncanny valley refers to like robots and animation, but real world uncanny valley is monkeys. Monkeys are just creepy, they're weird. Nobody wants any part of them, and I don't know why you would ever have a toy of a monkey with its eyes bugging out, burying its teeth, clanging a cymbal. So when Steven Spielberg does that bit in Close Encounters of the Third Kind, where all the toys get woken oh, up by man. the
3: UFOs,
0: it opens like that monkey is presiding over them. So that's the very first thing that gets weird when the aliens show up. And that's it's the kind first of like toy the aliens like, want to see. Right, exactly. and It's kind of like it announces or it wakes up all the other toys that go crazy in the house. Uh, and I never, like that, I I don't. Close Encounters of the Third Kind isn't very rules based because I never understood. And I just watched the scene again tonight. What are the aliens doing? Like, why did they mess up the refrigerator? And what's the big deal about? And how? Yeah, like, what? Why are they messing around with the dog door? And then when they finally attack the house, what's the significance of them unscrewing screws out of the vent? Uh, like the aliens don't seem to have a very cohesive plan. <laughs> they control <laughs> metal and food. <laughs> yeah. and, and the food, like they 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 just pour a coke out so on the food floor. Is it. It's just yeah, weird. Thanks, it aliens. makes no sense. Uh, We're but here. You're welcome. I'm I'm actually gonna change my pick from Close Encounters. I'm sticking with Close Encounters. But Dingus just made me realize my favorite toy in Close Encounters. Uh, Spielberg in Jaws is really good at doing. A, a realistic family chaos, just the way that having kids in a room will change the nature of a conversation, because the kids are doing their own thing, and they'll interrupt, and they'll talk, and they're talking – they don't know an indoor voice, and, and if you get more kids, the noise increases exponentially. So there's a couple of great bits in Jaws with his kids where there's this family chaos going on, and my favorite Spielberg family chaos is in Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Where Richard Dreyfuss is explaining to Terry Garr about what he saw, and somewhere in the background, one of the kids has a doll and is just wailing the doll two-handed against (laughs) the crib, just the edge of a crib. He's just banging the doll's head just over and over and over, and they're like, oh, that's what kids do. Like it's not like – and nobody's like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that the doll? It's just the kids doing it, and they're like, oh, it's just what kids do, and they're having their conversation while the kids doing that in the background. So that's my second favorite toy is that doll that's getting <laughs> abused in the background of Close Encounters.
1: <laughs> I love that you picked that. I love that so much.
2: Uh, that kid's getting. Go. That's why uh, Rick Dreyfus left them all behind for the aliens.
1: Did you call him Rick? Yeah, Rick Dreyfus. Oh, you, okay. you guys are in the first name basis with all, all yeah, kinds of people. You know, this give him a call. You know, Matt Hooper. Matt. First of all, that that monkey always reminds me of the, there's a Stephen King story with, about a monkey. What's the yeah
0: monkey Shines? monkey Shines? Monkey Shines. Oh my God, I, mean, I know a Stephen King story. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a George Romero movie about a killer monkey, isn't there? Like before, that's Monkey
2: Shines. This,
0: oh, okay. The story's something else, I think. All right. Yeah, so Stephen I King remember. Basically ripped off Romero.
1: Seems yeah. the court. Well, I had a I had a really good friend in high school. His name is David Small, and he used to do that weird. He used to do a really creepy version of that that monkey thing. Do it was really. <laughs> he had
2: symbols and went, "Hey,
1: check this." No, out. No, he just would do like uh, like Trump hands for it. Like, <laughs> he would just freak us out all the time. Uh, that was really weird. Is that uh, something
2: real monkeys used to do like in medieval times? And now we go. Now we just have toys that do it. You know, we it's electronics, very complicated. But like real monkeys would be cuz that maybe that's why the monkeys are so creepy cuz they have like a petrified expression on their face and it's like training them to use symbols probably involved a lot of shock treatment. And that was the
1: thing. He did the expression perfectly. The perf- that that particular expression of that weird monkey. But your actual pick Tom reminds me of another that I'll just use as a runner up when we get to that point. OK,
0: save that. In the yeah. meantime, Kelly Wan's second favorite toy in the movie. Now, I'm convinced you're convinced you're going to jail. So far, it hasn't happened. So you got two more tries mm-hmm. to go to jail.
1: You know, the prosecution has some goodwill against you or for you, I should say, for the toy, because the toy, I think, is a, an inspired pick. Um,
2: I th- want people to know it exists. And they're free to use that knowledge however they choose. My number two, I kind of did a Tom here because I'm. I think a lot of toys are really creepy props in movies. Like that's. It seems like the only one, the most I can think of, are the creepy ones, especially Richard Pryor. But uh, I'm really the the when you said toys, the first toy I thought of
0: was the clown from Poltergeist. Because it's uh, – I've a, never he's seen
2: a, that toy.
0: No, he's a pale imitation of the monkey. It's just Spielberg thinking, hey, let's uh, – I've already used the monkey. What's another creepy yeah. toy? Uh, I guess the second after a monkey, we'll go to a clown. We can't That's use the true. monkey again.
2: But uh, one of my toys would have been Talking Tina, the creepy doll in the t- Twilight Zone episode who kills Tilly Savalas. And he's like, he can't kill this fucking doll. And he tries to saw its head off. And she's like, I'm going to kill you. And in the saw doesn't work, and then he winds up tripping over it on the stairs down. That, that episode really freaked me out. So when I saw Poltergeist, I got excited because the kid actually wins in the end, and he fucking shreds that clown. And I was like, oh, OK, cool. I could just kick talking Tina. Like, you, you have a chance against her and the clown. Like, just you can still, uh, like, eviscerate it.
0: And Kelly, one, so do, t- do you know the Puppet Master movies? Because it doesn't always work
2: out that easily. One of them, and there's a Tanya Roberts movie with evil puppets in it, too.
0: Yeah, it's uh, so not uh, quite so easy. easy. It's just kicking but, them. The puppets but, but Spielberg didn't direct Poltergeist. Yeah, he no. basically did. Well, he yeah, because so it was... Uh, yeah, the idea is that, yeah, Toby Hooper was coked out the whole yeah. time, and so oh, really? Spielberg came <laughs> in. I mean, that's like the apocryphal story. I don't know how much... But, but Poltergeist does have a Spielberg feel. It has a very Spielberg uh, yeah, feel. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: When I, when I rented it when I was in high school, I thought I was renting a Spielberg movie. And I've told that story before I rented that and the blue velvet on a dark and stormy night when my parents were out of town and I watched them alone and I couldn't sleep for the entire weekend. Because yeah. I didn't expect. I, th- I thought Poltergeist was going to be a happy-go-lucky Spielberg movie, and, it, <laughs> and it's totally it's it's like a those
0: kind of ghosts. I thought
1: it was gonna. I thought it was one of the scariest movies I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, it still well, is. The thing. The thing is compared to what Toby Hooper had previously done. Like this is a guy who did this weird Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie that really took off. After that, he did a movie called Eaten Alive that I think John Sayles wrote about rednecks who feed people to crocodiles. Then he did a movie called Funhouse about a weird raping clown and people get trapped in the fun house just weird grim dark stuff and then he does poltergeist which just has this relatively sunny family friendly kind of message and demeanor um like I, I, yeah, I don't. I see no Toby Hooper, and then Toby Hooper does like Life Force right after that, which it has a yeah, naked hot vampire chick <laughs> sucking the life out of everybody in the world. Um, I, I had no idea he did Life Force. Yeah, That's so you idea. you stick you stick Poltergeist in that line of work, and you're like, yeah, I bet Spielberg was on the set quite a lot during that shoot. Uh, but the clown's
2: <laughs> supposed to be a dick. It's motivated. It's possessed by asshole ghosts, while as the monkey, we don't know why they aliens okay. are. First of all, when did you- Life
1: Force come out? Wait a minute.
2: Eighty-four? Eighty-six?
1: Eighty something. <laughs> was it before or after Poltergeist?
0: It was after. after. It was after. Dep- yeah, yeah.
1: Because I remember rending Life Force for entirely different reasons.
0: Well, Life Force is the thing, like he got a budget for that. Like Toby Hooper had been doing just trashy no budget horror movies. Spielberg picks him up. To do poltergeist and poltergeist does well, so I you know, he gets a big effects budget to do a huge science fiction apocalypse movie with a hot naked chick running around.
1: Yeah, that's uh, why I rented it.
0: Well, of course. It's why people saw it.
3: So he scares me and then
0: he... in poltergeist. Shep Kelly. <laughs> Don't want to know that. <laughs> I didn't hear either of you. I missed both of those, I'm afraid.
2: Remember when the ghosts and poltergeist fuck with Joe Beth Williams's Panties and her T-shirt, and put her on the ceiling. At the end, she's like rolling around on the ceiling with her shirt right.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is weird. There's 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 some dicks. There's a little bit
2: of
0: there's a little bit of cheesecake. I would call it more cheesecake than rapey, but there's a there's some some Joe Beth William legginess in there, definitely. Like when that that Eddie Iron Maiden creature pops out of the. the the portal or whatever, and she's like cowering in just her t shirt. That looks like the cover yeah. of those early like those EC comics, you know, right. with the hot sheet getting uh, endangered by some supernatural peril. Like that's and they a wait, frame. they wait for her to take a bath. Like she takes a yeah, bath yeah. and
2: changes her hair, and then gets out a bubble bath even. And the ghost's like, "All right, wait, wait, wait
0: till she on <laughs> Okay, swimming pool. <laughs> And by the way, you can't call those ghosts a-holes, Caliwan because they're the ghosts of Native Americans who were wrongfully displaced from their burial know. ground.
1: Right, and their kids probably had toys that they actually accidentally stepped
0: right. on. The bad Was guys there, in it, Poltergeist are the, the whites.
2: Well, are there any Native Americans living in that suburb who are like, yeah.
0: <laughs> and their house just got skipped over. Their house didn't get haunted or, or terrorized. I love that there's no cops at that movie. Poltergeist. Like a little girl disappears
2: from her house and the cops don't go. Oh, the television? All right.
0: Well, everything. Well, we'll keep us posted. We're going to so send some in, to in the, the remake. remake
1: <laughs> is the cop from the beginning of John Wick. Uh, in
0: yeah. the remake with Sam Rockwell and is it not Rosemary DeWitt? I Who's hate in that movie? movie. In the remake, they, they talk about that. They're like, we can't go to the police because they'll think we abducted her and right. murdered her. Like they do. It's a John John Benet Ramsey Thing. Like, yeah. oh, you know, if there's a little girl missing, we're going to be the suspects. So we have to solve this on our own. Uh, but in Poltergeist in no. 82,
2: not only do the cops not care, but her own teenage sister doesn't care. Like, she's out at a friend's house that goes, what's happening? Like, she's not even in the movie. Dana's like, got places murder? to be. She's
0: a teenage girl. She's got her
2: then, own yeah. Greg, uh, Craig T. Nelson's boss is like, hey, your kid disappeared in the TV. That reminds me, we're going to promote you. <laughs> Come over here and look at this graveyard. Look how awesome it is. Oh, right, right yeah. Start to, uh, yeah. And Craig goes look like he hasn't slept in two weeks. And the guy's like, yeah, you know, what? this is a great look for you. Let's We're going to make you CEO. <laughs> the end. Robert Vaughn. No, wait. Mayor
1: Vaughn.
0: <laughs> well, Kelly, we're still waiting for your second favorite. Oh, wait. Are we waiting for your second favorite a- toy? That's no, it no it's the clown. That's what we've been talking about. Duh. Yeah. Dingus, second favorite toy in a movie.
1: All right. Uh, here's a quote from it. He's going to be pissed when he finds out I switched out the orb on him.
0: Uh, Star Wars.
1: All right. <laughs> Before I reveal what movie I'm talking about, let's be very careful about or... any, any spoilers we might talk about. So I'm talking about the troll doll in Guardians of the Galaxy, the first movie.
0: It's um, when... not a toy. It's an action figure. It's a collectible. <laughs> like a ventriloquist
3: dummy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love collecting but, but you should see my room uh, all right, so uh yeah, I love that little troll doll, and I love the way it works uh, and uh, and how it uh, pays off in in this movie but um, i I love yandu 's penchant penchant for uh for collecting little little doodads like that, and I love that little troll doll
0: those things became a lot less cute to me when they were like starring in their own licensed feature film with Justin Timberlake and Anna Kendrick doing voices. Like they're, they're not as cute anymore.
1: Oh, yeah. I forgot that that even happened. Yeah. Luckily, I dodged that bullet. My dad went to see that with my kid. And oh, I thought you were there with them. Nope. He just texted me afterward and he said that was the longest seven hours of my life.
0: Yeah. I went and saw Trolls! <laughs> That, that's your impression of Dingus's dad. <laughs> Dingus's dad, yeah. <laughs> wow, it's a little off base, kelly Juan. Well, would be fun.
1: <laughs> He's, my dad is Ed Asner or something.
0: Or <laughs> like troll hunter,
2: so I figured uh, I found footage.
0: Uh. Do you know the troll hunter guy did a new movie called The oh, Autopsy of Jane Doe? What now? is it set in the same universe I'm trying to think good? if I should recommend it to Kelly one uh not really unfortunately <sighs> it's it's one of those things cuz troll hunter he, he's obviously a norwegian fella uh troll hunter he just does such a good job of creating the national character of norway in this cool found footage movie about a dude who's crazy who's hunting trolls mm-hmm. who may or may not exist uh so autopsy of changed... spoiler uh, oh. autopsy of jane doe is way more of a conventional haunted house movie but it has a little bit of if you if you enjoyed life force you would appreciate no. certain things <laughs> of autopsy of, you don't appreciate life force no
1: but
2: i was probably sorry you wrong. have got to be kidding me
0: kelly people.
1: two things that you would appreciate about life force
2: oh those yeah she's
1: fine she's fine you know, you Life Force it's that this, "As a kid, you don't get to see that very much when you were in my my universe."
0: Not even as a kid. Like Life Force, right now is still she's super sexy. Like Life I Force like watch is dumb. It's like it's Life Force is really dumb. Steve Railsback is terrible, and you're like, oh, whatever happened to that guy? Oh, the, the effects are dumb, and just this whole plot. Oh, uh, 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 Kirk. No, um, shoot, uh, the other uh, St- Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart <laughs> does this weird. Like like Patrick Stewart – I forget how it goes. She goes into Patrick Stewart's body, so Patrick Stewart has to act like a super hot naked chick. Like Mm. – I want you guys to tell – save that. that. (laughs) But Life Force is so terrible, but throughout all this terribleness, there's this incredibly statuesque, nude woman. It's like Species, but before Species, uh, just parading through it. Um so Kelly Wan, you should. I don't. I'm. I'm a little dismayed that you're not a life force. Apologist. I think I saw it with prudes, and they like, right. made me walk
2: out or something before it was over.
0: Well, anyways, no, the it's the it's... troll hunter guy. He's got. He's got a very American movie. There's nothing Norwegian about it. Uh, one of the yeah. most. Oh, so then I'm definitely in. One of the most dispiriting moments in this movie, you watch it, and it's got a cool setup. I mean, see, it's the easiest thing in the world to do a cool setup for a horror movie. Just do something weird and unexplained that you're going to have to explain later. So that opens Autopsy of Jane Doe well enough. But then you realize that your lead actor in this movie is Emile Hirsch. Ugh. What? Yeah. 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 Ew. Yeah. Yeah. Which movie? You got that. Uh, it's called The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Oh, OK. I thought you were talking about Law Life Force. It was no, what? The no. so, Autopsy of Jane Doe. It's the Trollhunter guy. It's a haunted house movie with Brian Cox and Emile Hirsch, which has a really cool – oh, what's that thing? A Drop of Water, that – that, uh, that um... do you know what I'm talking about, Kelly Wan, from that trilogy, that horror anthology where the woman has to sit up – she's a nurse – she has to sit up with the dead gypsy's body overnight and she decides to steal the ring off of the corpse's finger.
1: Oh, I remember you talking about <laughs> this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember this.
0: And so it's it's about how creepy the corpse is. That's what Autopsy of Jane Doe is, but with a little sexy angle, huh? And not as uh,
3: good. Uh, Emil well, Hirsch.
0: Why do we hate Emil Hirsch? Oh, oh do I we like, like him?
1: him.
2: Yeah, only f- we only like him from Killer Joe, but he's out. He's surrounded by better people. Than Killer Joe. Yeah, too.
0: I don't. Do you? Not, do you, Are you okay with Emil Hirsch,
2: Dingus?
1: Um, I don't remember. Isn't is he the speed racer dude?
0: Yes, he, speed racer. He's uh kind he of he was the, into the wild. He was good, so right? Chris McCandless, who's a yeah. dumbass who went out and died because he couldn't cross a river. Um, I'd right. say that's rude. I take that back. Poor guy. Uh, what hm. what else is Emil Hurt? I don't I mean, know
1: what else he's been in, so I don't know. I
0: he's our I, Steve. All I, I is
1: know is that that there's one podcast I listen to that he doesn't show up on, and so they they rag on him. So uh,
0: well,
1: I, I I don't know watch, if
0: he's in it. I do. You know what? Watch Autopsy of Jane Doe and you'll see. It's like, "Oh god, he's going to be my lead." And and then sure enough you you get what you expect.
1: Are you going to make me yeah. watch that movie if it's not any good.
0: Mm, no, but I'm going to make Kelly watch it.
3: All right. All good.
0: right. Kelly, want remember see Remember see in The, the see Witch, the 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 moment where the little boy Harvey Scrimshaw goes out in the woods and meets a very sick incarnation of the witch played I by Robert Nightly? His, yeah well maybe you can see autopsy of Jane doe uh, is it her kelly one i got nothing to say other than do you want to know what my favorite toy in the movie is yes. i
3: do
0: all right. all right it's a lunar lander that is broken the top part of it is snapped off of the little part that lands on the moon the part where the astronauts sit it's broken in half and early in the movie A little girl comes down and she's like, I broke the I don't know. And her dad's like, what did you do to the lunar lander? And he's trying to put it together. And it sets up a very important moment later in the movie. And I guess you guys don't know what I'm talking about yet. Wait, it sounds really familiar. Like I just saw it. All, so, all I can
1: think of is Apollo 13 right now. So,
0: you guys, well, you know, I should have expected as much from you guys because oh, oh. you don't, <laughs> neither of you understands this movie. So it's the setup in Interstellar oh, where right, uh, she, we, I don't think
1: we've seen that movie, Tom.
0: Where she comes down and she and she blames it on a ghost, like a ghost knocked it off the shelf and broke it, and that gives Matthew McConaughey. He explains to her and you know about about science. He says, you know what, honey, there's no ghosts and. There's a reproachful look from John Lithgow as the grandfather. And so he sits down. And he's like, OK, here's the deal. If you really think there's a ghost, you need to quantify it. You need to, uh, you need to gather data. Uh, you know, how, what can you measure? What can you prove? That's what science is. Then we'll talk about your ghost. Um, and, and then the point, I mean, spoiler, but later on in the movie, we realize that he is the ghost. He is the guy who has come around in this inside a black hole. Where all time and all space exists, and he can see every little moment in this big old Tesseract, where that's how he's communicating with her, is by disrupting things in the house. uh, And eventually, he manages to manifest it through this watch uh, to basically save humanity through his grown daughter. Um, And it's the sacrifice he makes is he misses out on his daughter's entire life uh, in order to save humanity. And there's Interstellar. Uh. Don't go, uh, Kelly Wand. It's a great toy. It starts with the lunar lander. There's even this great bit with a really funny actress named Colette Wolfe, where he comes into a PTA meeting and uh, David Ayule, the guy who played uh, uh, Martin Luther King, uh, Matthew McConaughey goes into the PTA meeting, and this is super trenchant to watch. And uh, uh, Colette Wolfe says, Matthew McConaughey, your daughter got in trouble for getting into a fight because she brought to school this old federal textbook that has since been corrected, <laughs> in We've which placed it with corn. In which they assert that we actually landed on the moon, and we all know we didn't land on the moon. It was a great bit of propaganda during the Cold War, but we know that it never happened. Uh, Uh, It's it's part of the world building in in Interstellar, uh, this whole idea that that science is no longer valued, that the exploration of the stars isn't something that we care about or even commemorate any longer. Uh, And Matthew McConaughey's character, who was a, a pilot, a test pilot, has been marginalized um, it's part of the world building, this broken lunar lander. Uh, Come on. How is that? It's Christopher Nolan. It's not a dumb top.
1: Uh, it's not a dumb top. Nicely done. Uh, it's a, it's uh, Newton's law of universal ghost It's what
0: it's. It's, uh, it's Chekhov's broken lunar lander. <laughs> when you introduce a lunar broken lunar lander in the first act, you better use it by the third act. Very good point so uh obviously the best toy in a movie i can't imagine what you guys have to rival the toy every with. every
1: time you talk about interstellar uh, you make me want to like it
0: you guys are crazy because it's just, it's a beautiful movie about how explore, uh, explorers which we need we need uh, explorers we have throughout history it's about the uh, sacrifices that they have made it's about uh, what it takes to further humanity and how you you have to make sacrifices, and how explorers are torn away from their family, and they just want to go home.
1: After. I love all of those ideas. I just don't think the movie succeeds in promulgating uh, them, any of them.
0: You know what? You're wrong.
1: Uh, I, I agree.
0: The uh, movie promulgates the hell out of them. Uh, <laughs> the promulgation. That could be on the poster. Remember
2: when Jessica Chastain at, at the end's in bed, she goes,
0: hey, uh, that character never met, Anne Hathaway, you should go find her. Say hey to her. Okay, I'm dead. Uh, wait, what? I'm suspecting this is like you not remembering that Judge Dredd was a dick. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> he comes out of a wormhole.
2: Wormhole. Wormhole. Yeah, it's very worn down. And it's next to a space station near Jupiter or something. And then right. his, his daughter dying on it. And, right. and then she's surrounded by people who don't say anything to him or her. And then she's all uh, Anne Hathaway's character. She's on a moon board right now. Oh. And she dies. And then, even though she's never met Anne Hathaway. So then Makane has to. There's like a final
0: shot of Anne she Hathaway. She has met Anne in Hathaway. It. There's the whole bit in the boardroom of NASA where Anne Hathaway is leading her around and showing her uh, the, the whole. You crazy. Kelly, you're, you're absolutely. You crazy. You crazy. <laughs> is 100% wrong when you say she's never met Anne Hathaway there are scenes with uh, not Claire Foy what's that little girl's name Claire Foy is another there are that's scenes a different with, actress That's a little actress uh, you're absolutely wrong to say she's never met Anne Hathaway that didn't make an impression on her or me okay first of all Judge Jed was a dick second of all you're both wrong about Interstellar uh, Interstellar Continue. he uses <laughs> lift to park the ship on the internet. you see he's docking it's very suspenseful <laughs> There's no – lift. lift does not exist in space. It's only something that's – it's part of fluid dynamics. So it only Matt, exists where there's an atmosphere. I pretend Matt Damon's playing his Martian character in that.
1: Yeah, I prefer thrust. Thrust.
0: All right, well, <laughs> Kelly, it's time – I'd, I'd defy you to come up with a toy better than the broken inter, uh, lunar lander in Interstellar. Ugh. I don't even like that word, though. <laughs> like <laughs> read it in normal section.
2: Oh, that fucking movie, Tom Hanks, <laughs> the Armageddon. You like one word titles about space? That's what i
0: have noticed. <laughs> Life Force, <laughs> Life Force, Armageddon, Interstellar, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. That's a good point. All of a piece. Oh, this is another <laughs> one. My one. I was covering around Chucky for a little
2: while, and then I went, Meh, he's not there, uh, and he's kind of similar to my number too. So my number one. Is the little doll in aliens that Newt's playing with. And yeah. then uh, there's this part where she's like kind of going to sleep and then she like yawns and then turns over and clasps the doll to her and then the head falls off. I love that part. That's my number one. Thank you. She's just a piece of plastic. What's her name? Uh uh Donnie oh. Dan- uh, uh, You've got one Lins- of the letters, right? Yeah, uh, you're closer. Uh, Darlene, Danny, Danny Daenerys. Cuz uh cuz
0: thing. Sigorney asked her what's your her name? Uh the 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 de, the de, de. Debbie. No, her name is Casey.
2: Wait, what's the letter I got right? The Y? Oh well, I was <laughs> a- <yeah>. All right. <laughs> Casey. Okay, yeah, Casey's my number one, then. Because
0: you also, you see, you see the little doll head floating in the water when she goes to, to retrieve wow. Newt, when Newt has fallen in the, yep. under the grid in the water, and Ripley finally gets down there and there's a little doll head floating there. And you're like, oh yeah. my gosh, they killed Newt. Just fucking aliens. Yeah, but, aliens are dicks.
3: Yeah. Can't
0: I think Judge is bad. When you see aliens. Yeah, they're total assholes. <laughs> you know what aliens- I started you know what I rewatched this week and couldn't make it all the way through? The second Aliens versus Predator. <laughs> There's two? Yeah, because they come to Earth in the second yep. one, remember? They get loose in a small town. How is that not awesome?
2: Mm, it sounds like Jason Takes Manhattan, where he, it's night, yeah. you don't really see him, and he never really gets there.
0: Basically, it's night, you don't see anything, and it, it, it's... Yeah. Predator is never good. Well, Alien versus Predator 2... Uh, I think it's called Requiem. It's so concerned with setting up all this backstory about these young teenagers and the one dude, he really likes the chick. But, oh, she's got another boyfriend. Oh, but the boyfriend's a jock. and He's kind of a dick. And he's mean to the dude who likes the girl. He's the predator. So the girl breaks up (laughs) with him. And then she's like, hey, let's go out anyway. And they go out, and she's like, hey, you want to go swimming? And he's like, I didn't bring my swimsuit. And she's like, neither did I. She, she takes off her swimsuit. And she's like, do Ugh. you like to see? Are you looking at the clock now like you used to do when we were at school? All this stuff. It's an Aliens versus Predators <laughs> movie, and all this stuff is in the script. They're doing all of this when I showed up to see aliens fight predators and get loose in a town and see everybody get face-hugged. And I'm watching something on, from the CW. It's horrible.
2: Yeah, so instead of Veronica Cartwright and Harry Dean of and Tom Skerritt and Sigourney Weaver, it's a girl going, you like what you see? You're watching the
0: clock. There's a backstory about that. There's a whole bit in the script where she says, and it's a callback to an earlier moment, all this is set up Ke- Kelly Wand, it's character development in the Aliens vs. Predator 2 Requiem. Whoever wins, we all lose. Boy, do we. Please tell Did me you're doing, the,
1: you're doing the audiobook for the movie, Tom. <laughs> There's hope. I, I love your teenage voices. <laughs> <laughs> the the yeah.
0: aliens take. Uh, first of all, they, yeah. you know, this is actually a cool part. They the aliens So I don't know if you remember, but what happens is there's an alien. If if you remember, because obviously this is memorable. There's a there's a predator <laughs> ship that's flying around, and the alien face hugger gets in one of the predators on the predator ship. It's like the predator ship is a Nostromo, but for the predator world. So uh, yeah, uh, right. see, see, what happens see, is this weird legend, but this predator ship then crashes on Earth, and you're Jesus. like, oh my god, humanity is screwed, and the first thing that happens is it crashes out in the woods, and a man and his son are out hunting, and they see the comet. You know, the, They see the fireball come down and crash in the woods and blow up, and they're like, let's go see what it is, and they go see it, and they're like, oh my God, it's a crashed spaceship. we got to get out of here, so they run away. And face huggers get them. A awesome. Face, a face hugger gets a little boy in the first fifteen minutes of Predator versus uh, Alien versus Predator Two Requiem. How grim is that? And then the face hugger falls off of him, and the man and the boy wake up in the woods and like, oh man, that was weird. Let's go home. So they yeah. walk home, and the dad starts coughing. He's like, oh oh, go on without me. Daddy. And then the, it, it bursts out of his chest, and the little boy's like, dad. And mm. then, sure enough, a face hugger. Bursts out of a little boy's chest. Oh, that's cool. So a it's kid, totally gets. cool. A kid gets <laughs> killed. And what's weird, Kelly Wand? You know, the, sort of the dimensions of the little chest burster compared to like John Hurt. You know, it's like the size <laughs> of uh, a ball. No, it's a little bigger than that because it's like a pumpkin. sausage. or something. Yeah, not a pumpkin. I'll
1: say. Uh, <laughs> one of the one of those little popcorn. creatures that. That baby Groot delivers
0: exactly right. It's like one of those. So the one that comes out of the little boy because a boy is smaller than a man, it's like bigger. It looks weird. It like comes out of more of his chest. It's, it's like big,
3: like a man. It's crazy. <laughs>
0: uh, I think
2: extraterrestrials are shitty pilots because their ships always crash landing. <laughs> Things that <yeah. laughs> they're going fine. They reach Earth like oh. all right you face hug the kid i'll take over uh wolfer brimley's oatmeal (laughs) we got this break (laughs) Uh,
1: tom hanks is never gonna play one of them
2: yeah it's apollo 13 every science fiction movie they don't know they're in a movie (laughs) They don't know there's a science fiction movie that's about humans.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Got it 50 minutes ago, you idiot. (sighs) All right, well, Dingus, I'm glad I don't have to follow that. What's your favorite toy in a movie? Lip readers, ventriloquists, you see.
1: (laughs) All right, here's a quote from it. There's a big hole in the roof. (laughs) Men
2: in Black? Brazil.
1: Nope. It's said by Bobby Cannavale.
2: Oh, uh, Win-Win.
0: I don't know why I said it like that. Uh, (laughs) You made it sound like some Asian woman's name. (laughs) Win-Win! Good. Did you have to say that, Tom?
2: No, Kelly said it. I have a different racist Asian accent now. The bug lady from Guardians. She doesn't scream.
1: (laughs) I didn't Uh think that was a racist accent. I thought you just did a nice little impression of her. I, I really liked that character, and you did a nice job. Thank you. You're welcome. It's <laughs> uh, There's a big hole in the roof. Uh, it comes from a movie called Ant-Man. And uh, my favorite toy in that movie is, of course, Tom's the tank engine. Uh, an engine. And <laughs> What'd you say?
2: Ant-Man's not your favorite toy?
1: This no, Ant-Man. Ant-Man is not a toy. No um, Uh I really, I liked Ant-Man. I don't think either of you liked it.
2: No, I, really- I liked it. Tom. Tom thinks we're both idiots for liking it.
1: Okay, okay, good. Um yeah, I really, I really liked Ant Man, and I watched a lot of it again because it's one of those. It's, it's one of those that's hard to like avoid watching because Paul Rudd is just so. And you brought up Paul Rudd a little while ago. I don't know why you brought him up, Kelly, but you brought him up a little while ago. Yeah. Um, sure, my reasons at the time. But he's so freaking charming, and he's so funny. He's just he just draws you into anything. I I I honestly I can watch I love you man over and over again. I love you, Ant that's how you feel yeah that's right because paul rudd is just he's so funny he's so freaking funny and uh and so just i mean charming I, I, there's a there's a lot of ways to put it but that's one of them but anyway that thomas the tank engine sequence at the end uh when they're in the daughter's room one of the reasons i love it um uh, is because there's a train in a little girl's room uh, a train toy And I like that idea. I like the idea that uh, the little girl just just doesn't have just dollhouses and Barbies or whatnot. She's got a train that's actually running around a train set. Um, The idea that there's an, uh, an automated Thomas the Tank Engine that actually works as an automated thing. I don't know if that's a thing, but I really love the way it looks. But the other reason I really love this is the way that the movie plays with the size of uh, Ant-Man and the size of the toy itself. And the way that the movie dilates away from that to change the sound effects so that when the characters are having their battle, it's like a train is actually coming at them. But when it comes back out to like human perspective, it just sounds like plastic going clatter, clatter, clatter and that's the same that happens when the actual tank engine gets thrown over to the windowsill and it seems like this like epic moment and that what you hear is just a plastic toy hitting the windowsill and it's just like clatter clatter it yeah. it's just not one of those movie like <laughs> moments it's not it's not a big sound moment and then of course what ends up happening is that uh there's this big joke at the end where the tank engine rips a hole in the roof and falls out and crushes a police car and its <laughs> eyes just go brr, 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 brr. Uh, so i love thomas i love thomas in ant-man
0: two of dingus's picks are licensed properties i'm just saying
1: that's right yeah yeah i, I might have had them on my mind this week <laughs> it's possible
0: Remember oh, where yeah.
2: the House of Cards guy flies into the bug buster? And he's all ah, like The Fly,
0: like Vincent Price. Do you think that Corey Stoll is the House of Cards guy? Yeah. <laughs> all right. And Ernest Hemingway. Shut right, up, Kelly.
1: Gonna, we're going to move on to our listeners at this point, unless unless you have any challenges, but you can't because I'm the cop. So. Sure.
3: Uh,
1: Keith it Leith. It, okay. Keith Leith says, "Good day, Kelly Wand. You're going to love our number three. This is me talking but now Keith says number 3 the man with two brains maybe uh, two love-struck misfit Dr Michael uh, <laughs> how far? thank you Kelly is asked about his recent bereavement he places on the dashboard what he says is a statue of his wife that was kindly made by his gardener Ramon it's a doll a cheap plastic mass-produced doll Ramon deserved to be fired he was having a laugh <laughs> I don't know what that is, but okay. That's great, Keith.
2: He gets fired so, at Kathleen, I think. For so
1: number in. two. Oh, Keith, this is great. Keith's got a good list here. Uh, Keith Leith's number two pick is the Hudsucker Proxy. Oh, it's <laughs> ah, nice. a
3: good one. Right. Go yeah. you know, for kids. <laughs>
1: This is a great choice, Keith. Uh, nineteen eighty, nineteen ninety-four. Norville Barnes is a misfit who will later be struck by love. Meanwhile, his plastic circle wheeze is running out of puff <laughs> until a child picks up a discarded hoop and wangs it around his neck to the sound of the saber dance, in, inducing mass hysteria. I realize as this toy is referred to as the dingus. <laughs> 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 it's the plastic extruded dingus. I think is what is actually, I think on the plans. I've actually seen that the plastic extruded dingus. Keith, you win, dude. That's awesome. All right, I realize this is referred to as the dingus and the wacky circumference. It has probably been discussed. No, Keith, you win. You got this one. <laughs>
3: Uh, yeah I the main that. thing i
1: remember about that moment is when they're trying to come up with names for it and one of them goes the daddy oh
2: <laughs> i remember when he's pitching it and he has a picture of a circle and then he shows it to someone and then he's all oh wait and then he turns it upside down because it's upside down but it's a circle. <laughs> sorry okay there
1: uh keith Leith's number one pick uh, this deals with a, a band that Tom really loves. He thinks is better than another band. Um, uh, this is from the movie Quadrophenia in 1979. In the 60s, Britain was shaken by the cultural friction between the scruffy and the dapper. Who won? Nobody. Everyone lost. Especially love-struck misfit Jimmy Cooper. His cohort contained the character Monkey, a fun-loving lass. Who walked the streets, screamed and shouted, crawled through the alleyways, It was very loud and was very played by Toya Wilcox, the best toy. Toya Wilcox.
0: thing is, you going to let, is that, how's that floating with you?
1: How's that uh, going over with the law? That doesn't like really kind of work for me, Keith, for but the sucker proxy gives him so much credit that mm, right. I, I'm going to give him time served and not let make him go to jail.
2: <laughs> you don't mind that he killed Han?
1: Uh,. <laughs> Shot in the dark, a big question mark in history Do you all, Keatley. Um Next we have Josh Lubliner. Josh Lubliner. Sorry, Josh. Here you go. Three best toys and movies. Number three, this being Guardians of the Galaxy Point Two podcast. I'll start with the troll doll from Guardians of the Galaxy. Thank you, Josh. Mm-hmm. This is presumably one of Peter's few possessions from Earth. And he uses it to pull a fast one on Yandu at the end of the movie. Oh, okay. I thought it was just something Yandu had. Alright, cool. Josh, yeah. uh, that's a really good pick, Josh. I wish I would have thought
0: of that. Wait, so he that little boy had a troll doll. Like with his walkman, like In when, his he, backpack? when he had his backpack? He had his backpack. Right, but he had a tro- he was like the kind of boy who would carry around a troll doll?
1: I don't no. I thought it was just something that Yandu got into Junker.
0: Yeah, I don't I – don't, Josh might be right, but I didn't, I didn't think that was something that, that Peter Quill had from Earth. I could be wrong, though. Who else would have made it, though?
1: You know, it was fun, and I'm not going to give anything away here, but here's – what's fun is describing to my kid what a Zune is. Oh, uh, yeah, I still don't know. Uh, Josh Lubliners Josh, your name is really hard to say, I'm sorry Josh Lubliner
0: It's just like someone from uh, Dublin, but with an L
1: Ah, okay, Mm. good Josh Dubliner Dubliner.
0: Um, Don't forget to put the L in
1: Right Oh, thank you Josh Lubliner (laughs) Uh, Number two You know, for kids In the Hudsucker Proxy Okay, now we have two people Why didn't any of us think of the Hudsucker Proxy? Because it's Lesser Cohen No, I like it. But yes, it's true. (laughs) (laughs) A toy story owner gives up on trying to sell hula hoops, which nobody wants. He throws a bundle of them out into the street. One of the hoops rolls for several blocks and ends up at the feet of a small boy. The boy picks up the hoop and immediately begins doing tricks with it, leaving other children agog. I like anybody, Josh, I like anybody who uses the word agog. Very good. Uh, Suddenly, the hula hoop is the hot toy. Uh, And Josh... Lubliner's number 1 the L- the lament the lament configuration or Le Marchand's box. Okay. Oh, okay, in Hellraiser. This charming oh. <laughs> little Lubbock's cube. It's called the lament conf-
0: configuration. You guys it's probably like these. there's a Clive Barker book that explains that. I don't know if that's right. movies. No, it's just movies, I think. All right. Maybe. Um, it's not based on. Oh, Clive Barker little... there are no Hellraiser books? Uh-huh. Oh, that's
1: crazy! Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. he only wrote books of blood. Um, uh, in Hellraiser, this charming little Rubik's cube on acid summons fun playmates for those that solve it. Kevin in the Woods has a similar toy. Thanks, Josh L.
0: Yeah, thing is, is that is that, that, that going to stand? Like, is a Hellraiser is it a toy? Puzzle? I
1: can't, can't rule on that. I would need to bring an expert witness to the stand.
0: It summons, uh, Ceno, it summons summons cenobites. Not demons, cenobites. It's their toy. Where do you, you think toys? of it as a
1: toy? I don't know. So it's said? an
0: interdimensional portal to hell.
1: Uh, so is that's that
0: true.
1: weird flying it's, thing so from toy. the uh, Phantasm movies a toy?
0: The ball? Well, that's not interdimensional thing. It's, that's just interplanetary. It's the tall
1: Inter- Oh, toy. I thought it was interdimensional because of where all the humans are being taken.
0: Well, to Spoiler. another planet with, with heavier gravity, so they have to shrink them down. But yeah. the tall man's just an alien. He's not from another dimension or anything. He's from our dimension. He's just from another planet. Was, he is? I thought it was a dimensional thing. No, they have a dimensional gate. Fair enough. They have a gate, but it's another planet. It's not like another dimension. It's just another planet. You don't planet. think he's from there, the tall man? He is from there. Oh. There's nothing supernatural in phantasm. It's all science. There's nothing uh, supernatural about other dimensions. Yes, there is. Prove okay, it then. Prove it with science. Really,
1: yeah, yeah. That's right.
0: Uh, when we went to
1: Avatar, that was definitely.
0: I should say there's nothing theoretical in Phantasm. It's all hard science. When you talk about other dimensions, you got a movie like Interstellar where it's speculative science. You see. Uh, that's a good point. Kip Thorne. Kip Thorne did not consult on Phantasm, but he could have.
1: Right. This could be the possible fate of your dead grandparents. Right. Is it? Is Event Horizon? Uh, <laughs> which? Do, how does that work? Is that? Event Horizon. Is that's,
0: that's, uh, yeah. No, that's just Paul Anderson. Oh, that's Mm -hmm. Paul Anderson. Paul Anderson (laughs) faffing about. It's a Resident Evil movie in space for all intents and purposes, I'm afraid. But Sphere is science. Sphere is science because of Michael Crichton. Yeah. Right, Mm -hmm. just like Jurassic Park is hard science. Westworld, hard science. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Suck it, Greg Bear.
0: Timeline. Paul uh, Walker going back in time. Hard science. Zapped. Hard science. (laughs) Not Michael Crichton. No, Kelly Wand, you're doing Uh, it wrong. Michael (laughs) Bayo. All
1: right, next we have Rob Favre. Oh. Hey guys, only came up with one good one, but here it goes: a quote. She doesn't have bad dreams because she's just a piece of plastic. Ah, her name is Casey. The toy is Casey. How Casey did you know that?
0: Marley. That's you know what it's uh, Kelly. I told him. I, no, please. Uh, I asked Dingus this: like when when you play a video game, do you ever give characters like an XCOM or something? Names from all the Marines and Aliens. Like how many no. Marines and Aliens? Because because I could name pretty much all of them that have names. I was assuming everybody could do that. Dingus would be hard pressed to name five Marines from Aliens. I bet I could name ten. Wow, all right. that's
1: pretty impressive.
0: I, I want to hear ten. All right. Vasquez, Drake, Spunkmeyer, Dietrich, Frost, Apone, Hudson, Hicks. Shoot, I'm running out. Uh, don't,
1: don't, don't forget mind. Hudson.
0: Is is, he did. is Bishop a Marine or, or is he Hick. like a consultant? He's like a contractor, but he's contracting with the Marines. So I'm choosing Bishop. Oh, shoot. You always uh, were an asshole. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Gorman. <laughs> Gorman. Yeah. So if I can get Bishop in there, I got 10 right off the top of my head right there. That's pretty good, Tom. Thank you. Thank you.
1: How many apostles can you name? Just one.
0: Gorman. Okay. <laughs>
2: He's the asshole who turns him in for 30 pieces of silver. <laughs> Shut up, Kelly.
1: All right, so he says, the toy is Casey. This is Rob Favreau, uh, Newt's doll from Aliens. Well, doll head. It shows Newt is still a kid who carries a toy around, but she's also enough of a realist to know it's just a toy and calls Ripley on her shit when she pretends <laughs> to talk to the doll. <laughs> Which is actually a great way to put it, actually, Rob.
0: At that point, Ripley should have told Newt, you started it the same way she yeah. said that to Hicks when he's showing her the gun.
1: My favorite moment in that little – in the, in the exchange, exchanges between the two of them and in, in, in that sort of area of being lighthearted is when she cleans off and she's like, oh, I made a clean, I, I made a clean place. Very nice. You,
0: you do know aliens. Yeah, I love
1: that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Rob says, thanks, guys. Love the show as always. Thank you, Rob. Glad you wrote in uh arthur chillman jelly as kelly says it number three small soldiers yeah is that
2: the Phil film it it movie yeah it is he's um, it. it's his last movie
0: yeah that's uh, sad
1: too soon uh, yeah uh small soldiers tommy lee jones voices chip hazard uh-huh. a toy soldier who has been enhanced With some powerful AI computer chips, making him more dangerous than his designers originally planned. This movie wasn't the best, but Jones was an inspired choice for this talking toy.
2: Yeah, I agree with all that. It wasn't Uh, the best, but he was inspired.
1: I don't remember much about that movie.
2: You are the best of the few of the... He says some funny shit. Like that. <laughs> he remembers the line though when he says it.
1: Do they uh do they search every outhouse, doghouse?
2: I tried to find uh I thought there was a scene in Small Soldiers where one of them gets blown apart and then these all I can't feel my legs. But I don't think I think I just imagined that and that's not actually on that.
0: Did you actually go through and try to watch small soldiers looking for that? A little bit, because I go, if that didn't happen, I'm gonna get so put in jail and then I couldn't
2: find it anywhere.
0: <laughs> so yeah, Arthur's,
1: Arthur's number two choice, Argo. Huh. The numerous Star Wars toys that are owned by Ben Affleck's young son. Ah, right. These toys look great, and eventually give Affleck's character the idea to use a fake science fiction script oh. as a way to infiltrate Iran and rescue the hostages. Even though I have my doubts, I hope that Star Wars toys inspired the real mission on which this movie
0: is based. That would make me smile. Well, why does he have his doubts? I mean, because it clearly – well, okay, maybe not toys specifically, but Star Wars specifically inspired them.
1: Uh, I will have to – I'm going to have to put Arthur on probation because (gasps) that's not a toy.
0: What's not a toy? Star Wars figures aren't toys?
1: If he wants to choose a toy from that movie, that's great, but you can't choose all the toys from this movie that I liked. That doesn't count. Sorry, Arthur. You have to choose a toy. This was your favorite toy. One.
0: So you got Arthur in trouble just because he didn't say the Yoda doll the with, the, Falcon. with the plastic right. snake and
1: the cloth right. robe. Well, I, I, to be fair to Arthur, I did call it toys in movies, but uh, that's why he's just on probation. I'm not putting him in jail or
3: anything.
1: All right. I feel there's, there's a little tyranny. But going. if he had chosen the, the, that particular Millennium Falcon or something, that would have been fine. But he just chooses, like, oh, there's all these toys over there. Look at all those
0: toys. Thing is, I hope uh, the judiciary strikes down your decision.
1: Well, it's I'm I'm a so-called judge. Uh, Arthur's <laughs> number one is Gone Baby Gone. Oh, Affleck, we're ducks. The doll that is known as Mirabelle, which belongs to Amy Ryan's young daughter Amanda, who's kidnapped when the movie opens. Nothing about the doll stands out as particularly eye-catching, which helps show how desperate this girl is for anything to play with. As her mother is not particularly attentive When the movie concludes Casey Affleck finds out that the doll Is actually called Annabelle A revelation that Uh knocked the wind out of me When I first saw
0: this movie Wait, because that goes on to be the haunted doll In those movies (sighs) Part of it's the same (laughs) How else does
1: Casey Affleck relate to our picks?
0: Uh, He... Uh, has a fuzzy beard like a doll's hair?
1: To our picks, Tom.
0: Oh, what are our picks? Uh,
1: Perhaps co- your number one pick.
0: Today. Oh, well, he's in Interstellar. The greatest yeah. movie of all time. He's in Interstellar.
1: Yeah. See?
0: What, how does um, he relate to your picks? Is he, he's not in He Antony, doesn't relate
1: to he? my pick at all. He just relates to your number oh, one pick.
0: Oh, right, right, right. Do you guys remember Topher Grace in Interstellar? You probably yeah. Don't. Oh, well, he's yeah. fine. It's perfect. It's perfect casting for Topher Grace is the poor uh, schlub who has a crush on Jessica Chastain, and right. isn't. It's not requited.
1: Hmm. I can oh. relate. <laughs> um, so we've got our next pick. Uh, our next listener is Luke Keir. Oh. First time, long time. Oh, good.
0: Luke uh, Kir. Name the first name of one of the actors in two thousand and one. No, Luke's last name is the first name of one of the actors in two thousand and one.
1: And what's the last name or the first name of the, the actor from 2001?
0: Dolia, Odyssey.
1: <laughs>
0: is his name like Dolia? Yeah,
1: yeah Dolia, whatever. Dolia, I always prefer Dolia. Dolia. But Dullia. then I say Enceladus uh, and in, in, it's insulatus. I can never remember how to say that. Uh, so, Kier Luke Kier, Kier Luke Luke Kier's uh, first pick uh, is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Oh, this one number Oh, really yeah. Helpful. I like this. <laughs> I like this, list. This is a good pick. Uh, when Harry is robbing a toy store, he's on the phone to his niece who wants a toy called Cyber Agent. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was Cyber Cop, but Cyber Agent is much more hilarious. Cyber Agent. He finds a toy called Proto Cop and <laughs> <in, laughs> <in> states, <laughs> ah, protocop protector of men is that it protocop he protects men yeah he's the first he's not the finished version of a man protector
2: he's just a prototype of one and he drinks a lot of shakes at, at the gym shut up kelly we
1: get it fuck off it demonstrates how glib and flippant Harry is, while showing his complete lack of observation skills. His attempts at being a PI are all the more pitiful for it. His <laughs> niece's comments is that the protocop show was cancelled two years ago.
0: <laughs> Shane Black! Shane Black! Yeah. Yay!
1: Turning this into Harmony's tale. Harmony was spotted during a news interview regarding the washed-up protocop actor who had unfortunately fallen off her balcony in full costume. Ex protocop. <laughs> uh. <laughs> that's a great one, Luke. Nice. Yeah, Luke. That's a great good choice. pull. Really nicely done, Luke. Um, number two. <laughs> Star. Deep deep. Star
0: Wars: The Force Awakens. Uh, BBA. I don't know. Let's see what he says. I don't uh, think they have toys, just like they don't have numbers. I don't think they have toys in the Star Wars universe. Lightsabers,
3: uh, not a toy. To of it's Star specifically
0: called out. Too, it's not a toy. Because, Doesn't he even oh. tell him that's not a toy, Luke. When Luke mm. is like flipping around with it in Obi Wan's igloo thing, his little stone igloo,
3: mm. right?
0: Bocaster. also not a Kelly. toy. Oh, it's not a toy. As a matter of fact, Han Solo never even tried it until right before he died. Yeah, like, this, this is cool. This is awesome, Chewie. How come I never noticed this before? I should yeah. be using this, and you get this dippy little pistol. We should become friends and hang out more often. <laughs> you can fly my ship every now and then. <laughs> yeah, what plan- maybe I'll maybe plan- I'll learn
1: yeah. your language. Yeah, let's mm-hmm. talk. Yeah, I, maybe you could say, "I am Groot," and I'll know what you're saying.
2: <laughs> In the books, a planet falls on Chewbacca, and he's dead. A kid told me. Where <laughs> yeah. was story? <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Luke so Spears number two Chewbacca, Chewbacca is like Kristen Dunst in Melancholia yeah it's true
1: there's a lot of other similarities too yeah and oh and I bet there's a lot of toys on that planet you should have just chosen that movie
0: well the way to just, hear my runners up. up walking yeah, carpet cool. matches the drapes <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Wan still back on Kristen Dunst sorry
1: Kirsten stop saying her name's Kristen I know you're trying to bait me mister her name's not Connor Dunst
0: Kirsten Scott Thomas
1: Luke Kears number two, Star Wars The Force Awakens. In Ray's home, erect at-at. Mm. Hey, I like the way I said that. Erect at-at, there is a quick shot of a straw doll that resembles a Rebellion fighter. I'm going to cheat and suggest the helmet she wears while eating is, for all intents and purposes, also a toy. Both keepsakes represent how the tales of the Rebellion has become mythologized, playing into the film's overarching themes. They're great toys that demonstrate Rey's naivete while making her reliable, who doesn't still want to wave a lightsaber about and revel in all our Star Wars fantasies.
0: Hmm. Alright, so I don't watch trailers until like, I watch <laughs> the first scene of a trailer. As soon as I know what it is, if it's something I want to see, I look away. So when I saw Guardians of the Galaxy... There's a shot of I didn't know if it's like an aerial view of a planet, maybe it was like a close-up of dirt or something. I couldn't quite tell the scale. <laughs> a close up it. dirt, but it turns out it was a close-up of dirt because a hand comes slamming down from out of the frame. And it's like the size of the frame. The hand scared the hell out of me because I was sitting there wondering about the scale. And the camera pans up, and there's super hot, sweaty Daisy Ridley, and I'm like oh, but then I looked away. So I've now seen part of. The Last Jedi, or whatever it's called. Unfortunately,
1: oh, I haven't seen it. Yep. You know yep. what? I had a similar experience. Um, uh, we went to see this. We had to see it at an AMC theater, and so there was a ton of previews. Oh my eight god, eight or nine, sure, at least. Um, and you know, you know how I, we, we're both like this, Tom. I was closing my eyes during all of them, and my kid has gotten used to saying, dad, close your eyes during this one. Dad, close your eyes during that one. Um, Cause he knows I prefer to do that. And he does it too. He actually put his sweatshirt over his head for a couple of previews. Cause he's like, that's the only way I can really block it out. Cause he started to get to be the same way as I am. Poor kid. Um, but when, after like six previews, uh, I sat back and it seemed like it, there wasn't that, uh, The, you know, the MPA has, you know, that big green screen didn't come up. So this thing just happened like you're talking about, Tom. And I thought, oh, this must be the beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy. And so I was looking at it. And then, then her face comes up and my kid, my kid smacked me in the face. (sighs) Don't look! <laughs> he did. Look away, he was Dad. Like, look away. He was like, he did. It was very much like that. He was like, yeah. Dad, look away. But he smacked me. He smacked me on the on my glasses. I was like, Dad, close your eyes. Whatever but it he takes. Was, yeah, good. Good yeah. on I was being really careful. And, but it was like, well, I just got smacked
0: by my kid. Uh,
1: but it was really funny. And, <laughs> luckily, my mom did not forget. So, same, a similar not, thing happened to me.
0: Did he watch the trailer for that, or he's also not watching no, the trailer? No, that. he went under his sweatshirt. I want to tell you guys a spoiler about Last Jedi. No. You know, no, I uh, My kid's going go to smack it. me in the head again. I don't care. Although so, didn't watch
2: the trailer. When
0: it says on the field of stars and it says Star Wars The Last Jedi, right? You know – I think this is information about the movie. The word – because normally like, Star Wars is in like bright yellow against the black star field. We can all see that logo in our head, right? In this movie, the word Star Wars is in red. Hmm. I think that's like the longer. like the car at the beginning of the movie we just saw. It just—I'm sure it means something.
2: Red's dark side lightsaber color, but yellow's not light side. Yellow's the color of tattooed.
1: Oh, maybe they're trying to tell us to stop and not see the movie. I
0: don't know what's going on, but maybe. something is Jedi plural sing- or singular? Is Star should we, Wars have that? Should we have that discussion? Yeah, because there's an S at the end, Kelly Wand. Oh. Well, they go the
2: Star Wars universe. Oh, wait, I guess that never mind. A Star Wars universe. A Star
1: Wars toy. Luke, here's number one pick <laughs> is Bad Santa.
0: Oh, is it a wooden pickle? I hope it's a wooden pickle.
1: Who can forget Thurman Merman's request for a pink or was it purple elephant? Oh, <laughs> Spoilers. The elephant was forever etched into my memory as Willie crawls to the front door in his Santa costume, clutching the elephant in hand, having been shot by the local police.
0: (laughs) That's not funny. That's horrible.
1: The police and neighboring children watch on as a bloodied Santa holds out the toy before finally coming to a halt.
0: (laughs) <laughs>
1: regards Luke here.
0: That poor kid, by the way, is just as awkward all grown up in the Bad Santa sequel. It is it's oh. he's still so Merman <laughs> Thurman. Is the movie watchable? No God, it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. It's the worst. If you wanna if you wanna be embarrassed for Kathy Baker, because she tries, I mean she has no dignity in Bad Santa 2. Uh you you kind of have to applaud that, but no, God, it's terrible.
1: I love Kathy Baker.
0: Didn't, well, not yeah. Kathy Baker, Kathy Bates.
1: Uh, oh, I thought you said Kathy Baker.
0: All right. I, if I did, I miss, I misspoke. Yeah. Yeah, Kathy yeah, Baker's just heard name. it differently. One of them's hot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the one who appears naked in a hot tub in a mousetrap.
0: Yeah, she's
2: the water's hot. Okay.
1: Chris Podcast. Webb is our next our next listener. Is Chris Webb? Great topic, but I waited to the last minute, so I'll just scatter some seeds of ideas here, and Dingus can wa- water whichever
0: he. Yeah, Chris. Dingus, can read the email. Chris, you know
1: numbers. Just write one, two, three, and put something next to them. I know you no, know they're the numbers. Seeds, like Kurt Russell's. Plus, I have a number one at the end. I don't. don't want to uh, hear uh, about when you're gonna pee. Uh-oh. Alright, zapped. The Enterprise <laughs> rises.
2: Ah! It's, it's part Millennium Falcon. that no, we
1: combine right, the ships. Chris, I'll ship. give it to you. Nice! Uh, yeah. And flies out of Barney's bedroom window. Um, mm-hmm. Spring Breaker. Water gun that looks like a real gun. Mm-hmm. So one of the Breakers uses <laughs> to squirt water in her mouth. Ew, is it water? <laughs> Tree of <laughs> Life. Mean. Model rocket with frog attachment. What? Good... Oh, too soon. It's sad. Sad toy. Clums of the Beverly Hills, Natasha Leone and Marissa Tomei toss around a sex toy while dancing. Mm-hmm. I really thought there would be more sex toys. I thought that Josh uh, – what's his name? Oh, God. who's Who plays Bender in uh, Breakfast Club? Judd Nelson? Judd Nelson. He does a like a courtroom drama movie where he puts a dildo on the witness stand. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. No. Isn't that okay. in the – okay. <laughs> I hey, Chris, trial – uh, yeah. yeah, I just remember that I never even saw the movie. I just remember it from the preview. Back when I watched previews. But I remember him like using that as a prop because he was you know doing He's he was cross examining a witness and he put a dildo on the witness stand in it. Brrrr, on
0: the witness um, um, stand. Brad Pitt jiggles a dildo in Fight Club. <laughs> so does Jim Carrey and me,
2: myself, and Irene. Mm. Let's do dildos. <laughs> They're toys. <laughs>
1: Chris Webb says uh, something from the ice storm, probably. Uh, Chris Webb says American Pie the Pie. That's
0: not a. Wait, hold on. What's his ice storm? He
1: uh, just says "Uh, something from the ice storm, uh, probably.
0: Can I help him out? Uh, There's the bit where Sigourney Weaver is tired of the kid being underfoot, so she gives him a whip, and she's like, go play with this. And he takes the whip outside, (laughs) and he's whipping the roses off of a bush. (laughs) That's hot.
1: Does it make a scar across the bottom uh, under his lip, like next to his chin?
0: No, but there is a, another great. toy. He doesn't the, – also the little boy, before Christina he pulls him in the bathroom to, to – I'll show you mine if you show me yours. Doesn't he have a, like a G.I. Joe doll, and he pulls down his pants to show that it doesn't have any – Any, it's yeah. not anatomically correct? Yeah, there's a yeah. weird sexuality yeah. like with a doll, G.I. Joe doll moment. In Damn,
1: I really should have yeah, – I should have isolated dolls. It takes Sorry me back. Guys. Uh, Chris Webb then says, the Neon Demon, the corpse is like a sex toy, huh? <laughs> oh, alone,
0: no, Malone. Okay. Malone. Yes. Jim Malone. Yeah, so, Malone. So good. I was going to say hot, but not quite the right word.
1: And then it. finally, Chris Webb says, number one, cop car is a cop car.
0: Nice! That's a good one. It's a good a one. Cop Did you have that preloaded, Tom? Funny. No, but yeah, yeah I, I had that in the chamber. There's a cop car. There's the defibrillator. There's the assault rifle. There's the, the bulletproof vest. They got all kinds of, There's Shea Wiggum in the trunk. There's lots of yeah. toys in that cop car.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's the bullet kid.
0: Can't wait for for Spider Man because it's the cop car guy. Like it's the only thing. Well, I like Tom Holland and the cop car guy getting to do a Spider Man movie. I'm down with that.
1: Huh. <laughs> we'll see what our, our final listener. Um, submission is from Chris Markardson. Hey, guys. Here are a few of my favorite toys in movies. Number three, Krampus. The jack-in-the-box toy devours at least one child and it uses a napkin to clean its mouth after eating that child.
0: Those were good. You guys didn't like that, but I like those toy effects, those scary toy bits in Krampus. Um, is a snow globe a toy? No, you can't play with it. What do you do with it?
1: It's a decar- Sh- well, you do uh, play with it. You shake it.
0: That's not much playing.
1: That's not uh, much plan. Uh, <laughs> he sounded like Michael Rooker just then. That's not much that's plan, boy. Oh. Yeah. Chris Chris Markinson's number two. Oh, this is a good one. Everybody wants some. The handheld Mattel classic baseball game ah, that one. Dale plays was a favorite of mine when I was very young.
0: Mm-hmm. How about that Coleco football thing that Chris Pratt has in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two? Also like
1: I forgot that, but I, I, I never played the baseball game. I only played the Coleco football one.
0: I played – there was a Battlestar Galactica version, one of them. I played that one because I was – There's a Battlestar Galactica one where you're uh, you're defending the the Galactica from like Cylons. It's the same thing. There's this little red-y, red LED that's marching across the screen, and you have to intercept yeah. it with your Viper. It was instead of those Coleco football or baseball because I didn't understand the sports stuff. It was a Battlestar Galactica. You guys didn't have that? you' No. So Your basically it works along thing. the lines of Defender? Uh, no, it's more like Space Invaders as far as structurally speaking in terms of the game design. I All think. Right. Yeah. You guys really had a deprived childhood if you didn't get a Battlestar Galactica uh, electronic toy.
1: That's... No, I was busy playing Pitfall on my Atari 2600. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and Chris Markinson's number one, Gremlins. The pink toy car that Gizmo drives around the Montgomery <laughs> Ward store. Uh. The car is able The car is able to get some pretty good air when it uses a shovel as a ramp. Oh, man, Chris, why
0: didn't you use that as one of the flying cars? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll tell you why, because it doesn't provide its own lift. Lift. It does right. not create any lift.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, they don't lift the car at the mechanics.
1: Thanks, guys, Chris. All right, that's all. Oh. Do you guys have any runs up?
0: Um. oh, the Zuni doll that Karen Black fights in trilogy of terror, but technically that's an ABC movie of the week. So it's an it's a movie. I mean it's a TV show. It's not a, a movie. It's, like, it's one of those things like uh don't be afraid of the dark that uh, ABC did. Mm. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Trilogy of Terror, Karen Black fighting that weird Zuni doll? Come oh, on, yeah.
1: I know that it's the Microsoft right. Zuni doll.
0: What's a trilogy? Oh, you guys! You didn't get the Balser Galactica thing. You didn't see that creepy Zuni doll with the big old toothy mouth fighting Karen Black. Oh, your childhoods were just so bereft of fun. And mm. my adulthood. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, uh, any other runners up, Tom?
0: I just... No, 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 that's it. I mean, that's, that's the way I was going to say the Puppet Master series, but and <laughs> oh, not I... with the puppets.
1: I have two. One is just a reference to a toy, and this is from Plain Strings and Automobiles, when uh, Steve Martin's talking about the Chatty Cathy doll. It's like, you're like a Chatty Cathy doll, and just, but you're pulling your own string. <laughs> I love that. I just love Plain Strings and Automobiles so much. Um, and the other one is it's something that you reminded me of. Uh, it's from the movie Hudson Hawk. I referenced this a couple of weeks ago um, when he's going into the Vatican – And uh, trying to figure out how he's going to steal the codex. Um, There's this girl, this American girl, who's got this little stuffed animal doll that she's just smacking against the railway to the staircase. Just like beating the hell out of it. Just
0: bam, bam,
1: bam. And he just looks at her like, you're totally weird. And she looks at him like, you're a jerk.
0: And I look at that like, you just ripped off Steven Spielberg.
1: And I have to agree that you're probably right about that. Huh. But that's Michael Lehman for you. All right. That's all.
0: Let's uh, move on. Who's wait, next? real quick. Is the innards from a music box a toy?
3: It, uh, the bit
0: where the you innards, turn the like the, the that parts. that Max finds in that big, in that truck that he gives to the feral kid. Is that a toy?
3: Uh,
0: yeah. OK, because he mean, gives it to the kid. Good point. <laughs> mm. <laughs> all right. You guys ready for next week's three by three? Oh, yeah. This is your favorite, and it needs to involve both of these actions. It is your favorite. So we saw um, King Kong Skull Island, and there's an iconic action sequence in that where the, the skull creature things, they uh, this, whatever they're called, those things, they're fighting them, and there's poison gas. So Tom Hiddleston famously dons a gas mask. And he runs to do battle with these skull things, and everybody remembers the scene where John C. Riley throws the, his buddy's samurai sword to Tom Hiddleston, and then Tom Hiddleston catches it, and in the gas mask fights those skull creatures. Iconic mm. scene. It's, we're going to see that imitated right and left in action movies. No one can forget that. So what I want from you guys, similarly, are your favorite throws and catches both Both <laughs> verbs must be included. Both things must happen in the scene. if you're listening and you're like, "Oh, I know one, send that to three x three at quarter to three dot com and we will read it on the air. I will read it personally on the air next week during our podcast for a movie called "Snatched." Not Snatched. Guy Ritchie. We're foregoing Guy Ritchie. We're like F Guy Ritchie next week because we're not seeing his King Arthur movie. Instead, we're seeing uh, Jonathan Levine, the guy who did All the Boys Love Mandy Lane. Uh, he's got a R-rated comedy with Goldie Hawn and Amy Schumer called Snatched. So we're like Guy Ritchie. We're not seeing anything you've made. We're seeing this thing instead. So see oh my that. Fault, if you see that and you have some thoughts about it, send those also in a separate email to 3x3 at quarterto3.com. We'd love to know what you think. So join us for that. Any questions for the 3x3? Three three? Kelly Wand?
3: Uh, so i to hear there
0: aren't. So let's <laughs> then Next week, join us. I am Tom Chick. I've been joined by Christian Murtowski. <laughs>
1: it's Christian Murtovsky.
0: And Kelly Wand. I forgot to ask this
2: last week. How come the car in Greece that flies at the end doesn't fly during the race in Greece? Then they could just win the race. Oh yeah, there's also a Marvel hero called 3D Man, because he's three times stronger than a man. There's also a Captain America villain named Flag Smasher.
3: I swore an oath to keep it secret.
0: This lie has kept
3: Apocalypse
0: at bay for hundreds of years. We were afraid if the queen's heart was destroyed, you'd lose your immortality or die.
3: That wasn't your choice to make. was your choice to make.
1: I don't know what you're talking about, but I love the way you put it.
3: Ah! Oh. <laughs>